across the UK, online and on DAB. We are Talk. Talk Radio. Give it some lip. Talk Radio. Thank you, gentlemen. Evening, this is Ian Lee. Um, don't call in for the first 20 minutes, half hour or so, because we've got a guest on um, who's written an excellent book about Harry Nilsson, the pop singer. Talk to him after this. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Fella, you're so tired, you can hardly lift your head. But you want to hear a story before you go to bed. So if you'll be quiet and listen patiently. I'll sing you a song that my mother sang to me. Little cowboy, put your saddle in the barn, tie your horse up tight so we'll know no harm. Put your hat and your gun beside you on the chair. Don't forget you got to sing a little prayer. Little cowboy, you better hit the Sandman Trail Or you'll be late for round the time, you know If you want to be a cowboy, you better rest a while Little cowboy, baby of the old corral Really, cowboy, really of the old corral How? I, I frequently, this is Ian Lee, this is Talk Radio, good evening. I frequently joke I have enough bands. Uh, when I write articles for uh, Record Collector magazine, as I do occasionally, you have to write a little bio uh, to go in the start. And I write, I've got enough bands, thank you, I don't need any more. And yet every now and then, it happens less frequently the older I get. Right? But every now and then, a new band um, will pop up. Or generally an old band. And I go, oh, flipping it, how have I missed this? How have I missed this? The Beatles were asked in 1968, who's your favourite singer? Nielsen. Who's your favourite band? Nielsen. And I never really got into Harry Nielsen. Couldn't do it. Tried a couple of things and just couldn't do it. Um, and I bought the box set for about 35 quid of all of his RCA albums, and I've had it sitting in my spare room for ages and ages and ages and ages. And then someone on Twitter, I forget who it is, apologies, but someone on Twitter said, Oh, have you seen this Nilsson book, The Life of a Singer-Songwriter by Alan Shipton? He might make a good guest. And um, I had just started to work my way through the RCA box set, and I thought, oh... Okay, okay, and I got in touch with Alan Shipton, and he, uh, he, I got hold of a copy of this book, which is brilliant, by the way. And I was sucked in immediately, immediately. And I don't know if it's reading the book, I don't know if it's I'm just at the right place, but I'm working through these albums, and <laughs> man alive, they're flipping brilliant. Uh, I'm really pleased Alan Shipton's on the line now. Uh, evening, Alan. Hello. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, fine, and lovely to hear that song, which was written by Nielsen's mum. It was Nielsen's mum, wasn't it? A little, um, it, it's it's adorable. I love it. Lovely at one minute twenty four, and uh, is that from? Is, that's from one of the early albums, the first or the second one, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's the second one. But he he was, he, his mother was a huge influence on him, and yet 
every time that she nearly got successful, she walked away from it. And that, I think, motivated him not to be like that. I am struggling to think, apart from John Lennon, one, a a singer-songwriter that is more profoundly um, impacted by their parents. Because... There are so many, um, well, you got the song there, obviously, by his mum, but then there are so many songs reference, referencing his, um, well, really screwed-up relationship with his dad. Yes. I mean, that, that was the whole point, and his dad was quite a character, really. I mean, a lot of the Nielsen family is still alive, because his dad, having... What happened was his dad went off as a merchant sailor during World War II, and Harry's mum was so devastated by his dad's disappearance that she made up all these stories. So she said, wow, he's a fighting CB. He's fighting the Japanese in the Pacific. He's a hero. Oh, he's dead. When he wasn't dead, he was living in New Jersey with another wife and a new family. And poor old Harry didn't know this until he had his first hit and suddenly got a letter from his dad oh, saying, man. hello, Harry. And you can imagine the devastation of that. So... All his early years were writing songs about having no dad, and all his later years were dominated by songs about what terrible people dads were. <laughs> uh, it, it really is. I mean, I've been aware of Harry Nilsson because I'm a big Monkeys fan and I'm a big, you know, Beatles fan, and I'm fascinated by the Beatles, um, not necessarily their solo music, but, but what they got up to in the 70s. And Nilsson's name just kept popping up and popping up. Um, and... But it's going to those those first three or four albums are absolutely stunning. From when was the first one? About sixty seven, something like well, that. The first RCA album, sixty seven. Yeah. he'd done quite a lot before that. I mean, he's kind of bobbling around in the music scene. But he was actually working as a bank computer operator. Mm. He was very early into computers, and he was mathematically very clever. So there's this guy whose mum. Uh, as well as uh, having been abandoned by the dad and made up all these stories, was also an expert at bouncing checks and using fraudulent credit cards. Mm. So a lot of his childhood was spent scudding from New Jersey or Long Island to the West Coast. Then she'd bounce one check to often. They'd shoot back to the other side of the States, hoping to avoid the creditors. And she narrowly avoided imprisonment a couple of times. But it's obviously a very difficult childhood. And then, you know, Harry starts making songs and he didn't sleep very much as a kid so here he is 20 years old working in a bank as a computer operator like his mum he'd faked his credentials to get the job six months in they said um you don't appear to have this school <laughs> diploma he said, well actually i'm quite good at maths um so if i'm good at the job why fire me and they kept him on and promoted him and before he left the bank to become a songwriter he was running a computer team of about 15 wow. programmers so not a stupid man by any means. No, a v- very bright man. Um, the, the, the first few, the first few RCA albums, they are so unlike anything else that was out at that time. So you're 67, 68, 69. You know, you've kind of got your acid rock, you've got your your psychedelia, you've got your bubblegum pop, you've got, uh, uh, and they they kind and it's, I, I literally I'm embarrassed. I've only just listened to them in the last couple of months. I, where have I been all my life? But they're these beautiful. Well, they're hard to define. They're kind of orchestral. They're lush. They're a little bit folky. They're a little. They seem just completely out of place with what was going on in the music world. They are, and I think the man who really realised this was happening was Derek Taylor, who'd been the Beatles' publicist. And Derek was—he'd had a bit of a falling out with Brian Epstein, and in 1967, just before Epstein died, he'd gone to work in LA promoting a number of bands in the states. 
And he came across Harry. He was literally in the supermarket. And like a lot of dads, he thought, oh, God, I'm going to leave the family doing the shopping. I'll go and sit in the car. I sat in the car, turned the radio on, and suddenly he heard Harry Nielsen. And here's this song, 1941, which is one of the classic yeah. being deserted by a dad songs that Nielsen, as we said, made such a habit of. And Derek thought, I've never heard anything like this. So the first thing he did is to ring George Harrison, who at that point was sitting in Blue Jay Way in the house that he wrote the song about. And he said, you've got to hear this bloke, Nielsen. And so gradually the legend spread through the Beatles. And Derek was the guy that took the albums back to the, state, to the UK and got Lennon, McCartney, all the Beatles, listening to Harry. And uh, hence the favourite group that you talked I, about at the beginning of the piece. I, I love Derek Taylor. Boy, oh boy. The, my two fa- Slight tangent, if you'll indulge me. My two favourite characters in uh, the Beatles kind of circle um, are Derek Taylor, who is just the most wonderful king of the bullshine, isn't he? he? I think he was the first person to call Brian Wilson a genius in print, you know, which then became the, the, the huge myth. But also, are you aware of Magic Alex? No. Oh, Magic uh, Magic Alex, right? I, I want someone to make a film or something, but I can't find anything about him. Magic Alex worked at Apple, and he was this um, Greek inventor, right? This young lad. And he basically went up to John Lennon and said, John, I'm an, I'm, a, uh, I'm an inventor. I can make pretty much anything out of electronics. I can make you... This is in the days of, like, four, I think, maybe eight-track studios. He said, I can make you a 126-track studio um and there won't be any um you know kind of shields around any of the instrument it, it, it'll all be done with lasers and john lennon was like whoa yeah okay man and he paid him loads of money to build this studio and of course it was complete nonsense he didn't have a clue i think the only thing magic alex managed to make work was this little black box with red random flashing lights on oh he's he's such a wonderful character um but well, my my Derek Taylor story, just while we're on, yeah, Derek. go on. So in the late seventies, late sixties, rather, um, around the time that he was working with Harry, we come into the seventies, and in nineteen seventy-two, Derek's now working for Warner Brothers as a talent scout, and he yeah. signed George Melly. And I actually played in George's band at the beginning of the seventies. Did so you really? Working with well, yeah, I was debt for his regular bass player, but wow. there I was working with George. So Derek, we met, you know, and he was at New Mullins Cave in Clerkenwell doing sessions with George. And George was the kind of cult figure at that stage, yeah. kind of white middle class guy who sang the blues like Bessie Smith and fell off the stage extremely drunk at the end of the show yeah. doing Frankie and Johnny. <laughs> I mean, it, it was great being with, with George. And I never thought of saying to Derek, who else are you working with? Yeah. The only person he would gush about until the cows came home was Bette Midler, because at the same time he was producing Harry Nilsson, which he went on to do. Yeah. He was also making Bette's first album. So Derek was going, oh, I've got this fantastic singing thing. I'm Bette Midler, you've got to hear Bette Midler. And he didn't say, and by the way, I'm also making a little touch of Schmilson in the night with Harry. The, 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 the thing, the, the uh, you're not in, in any of the, because George Melly pops up in this book. You weren't in uh, any of those scenes, were you? Sadly not. No. No. I mean, I, I was trying to be a student at the time, and George... Uh, came down and played with our band in Oxford, and then occasionally I did gigs cool. with him. But um, how cool! It, but it was good fun. Yeah, I bet. George, that George Melly was brilliant. What a character! Um, uh, uh, Nielsen, I think, was ruined for me a bit with um, with uh, the um, everybody's talking and um, without you because there, there was such huge hit and we were talked about this on the show last night. Someone said I can't stand that song, and I said I couldn't stand without you in particular, but. I've been listening to it again since reading your book, and, 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 and it is actually, it's one of the most incredible 
pop songs, whatever you want to define it as, with an amazing vocal. And it's just one of those songs that we've heard too often. I so think that's true. It becomes wallpaper. If you go back and listen to Badfinger's version yeah. of it, you realise just what a genius Harry was yeah. to turn the song into that great hit. I mean, the, the, the downside of it all is, as you'll know from the book, that Derek Taylor said, well, of course, it was a one-take wonder because when he hit the high note, he had an ap- attack of piles. <laughs> and, and it is, is late night radio i can say yeah that. we can say we can say whatever we want um and it is we're going to go to a break in a second we'll, we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk a bit more and we'll talk about your billy j kramer book as well because bizarrely we were bizarrely we had a phone call last week from someone who, who phoned up apropos of nothing and said my mum used to go out with billy j kramer so that's why you, you piqued my interest um it, it, it is also the nilson story it, it starts off the the music career starts off so triumphantly his, his, his life as a kid is pretty miserable but it 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 descends into into sadness quite quickly. You know, there's the boozing and the drugging, and we all kind of think, well, yeah, rock and roll, but the, the, the fun element, if there can be such a thing of the boozing and the drugging, goes pretty quickly, and it gets pretty messy very soon, doesn't it? It does, but you see, I think one of the things I learnt... I, I, that's all been the, the image I had of Harry, and, and my impression of it was, like you, the first three or four albums are great, and then it's a kind of skid row and nothing quite comes up to it. When you actually listen to those later albums, and you take away knowing about the story and you just listen to them, funnily enough, there's some crackingly good songs there, and it's it's perhaps our prejudice about the fact that the early albums are just full yeah. of brilliant invention. The later ones, it's not quite so inventive, but my goodness, there are some great songs. There's a wonderful collaboration with Dr. John later on, yeah. and uh, fortunately I was lucky enough, um, Harry's son Keith actually gave me the cassette that Harry'd made oh. of working out those songs with Dr. John, wow. and it's wonderful to hear them sort of gradually evolving as the two of them who were probably enjoying a little bit of substance abuse on the way, um, make these extraordinary songs come to life. And two or three of them are really rather good. I, um, bizarrely, I think it was last year or maybe the year before, I got talking with, um, um, what's the gentleman's name? Bill Martin, I think it is. William. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we had a little email exchange because I was trying to find something else. Um, and he mentioned, he said, oh, I've got these, um, these unre- unreleased demos that I recorded with Harry Nielsen and I'd love to get them out. And I, I, I just started kind of striking up conversations with him via email that when he passed away, and boy, oh boy, it would, wouldn't it be great to get a hold of some of those things? Well, Bill Martin, of course, um, is famous in the book because yeah. um, Harry did some promo shots of him and made Bill wear a bear suit. Yeah, they, yeah. Like, Harry was one of the first people to record Simon Smith and the Amazing Dancing Bear. His version not quite as successful as Alan Price's. But um, part of it was to persuade his mate Bill to dress up in a bear and be in a bear suit. And Bill said it took, you know, about three three weeks to get rid of the smell. <laughs> uh, Alan, stay there. I'm going to come back to you in a second. I've got to um, pay the bills. I'm talking to Alan Shipton, who's written just the most wonderful um, rock biography. And even, I, I'm a big fan of rock biographies. Even if you're not a fan of Nielsen, um, I, this is a good way, a good entree into the world of Nielsen. And um, 
it's just a remarkable story of, um, you know, talent and, um, well, you know, the, the damage that, that booze and, and, and drugs can do to it, but, but actually real talent. The book is Nielsen, The Life of a Singer Songwriter. It's Alan Shipton. It's Alan spelled A-L-Y-N. Um, we'll come back. We'll talk a bit more after this. Evening. Don't call in just yet. Give us 10 minutes or so because I'm having a nice little chat with Alan Shipton who's written this brilliant book, Nielsen, The Life of a Singer Songwriter. Um, I've interviewed Alan both. I was lucky enough to meet a Beatle. I got to interview Ringo once. Ringo and Mickey Dolenz and I both spoke to them and, and, and Nielsen came up in the uh, in the conversation and they both said if Harry knocks on your door and said you fancy going out for a drink you should probably take your passport with you and um, you wouldn't be back home for a week known as the Nielsen ride <laughs> and he would he would just whisk people off wouldn't he well funny enough um, I had lunch in London last week with one of the most inveterate Nielsen riders of all who's the film director Stanley Dorfman right. Stanley used to produce Top of the Pops for BBC uh, television but he moved to LA years and years ago and he made a lot of videos with Harry but in the very early 70s he made an in concert film with Harry for BBC telly yeah and Harry, who didn't like performing live, said that he would only do it if he did it without an audience. And Stanley said, yeah, that's fine. They were in L.A. And Harry said, well, how are you getting back to the U.K.? He said, oh, well, I've got a flight from New York. I've got a flight in a couple of days. And uh, Harry said, well, let's drive. Let's drive from L.A. to New York. Brilliant. And Stanley said, oh, I don't know about that. And Harry said, oh, come on, just do it. So uh, he didn't have a car, and he discovered that if you hired a car, it's very difficult back in the 70s to hire a car in one state and drop it off in another. So being Harry, he rang up Jimmy Webb, the songwriter, (laughs) and he wrote Up, Up and Away. And he said to Jimmy, can I borrow your Jaguar for the afternoon? (laughs) And Jimmy said, yeah, sure. And he lent them this absolutely pristine XJ6, and the two of them get in it. And it arrived back at Jimmy's house on a flatbed truck a month later, completely totaled. He wasn't paid to have it put back together, but the story of the journey. Well, there's a book in that. It's it's in your book, but there's a there's a movie in that because there's there's jail, there's drugs, there's gambling, there's losing all their. It's an incredible road trip. It is, and they're just about to go into New York when Nielsen says to Stanley. Have you ever seen the Niagara Falls? And he says, no. So they turn left. <laughs> and very quickly, last thing on Harry. You mentioned that he didn't like playing live. He never did concerts. Again, completely out of step with, you know, what was happening in, you know, when Woodstock and rock concerts were becoming big events in the late 60s and the 70s. He shunned it. What was that? Was that fear? Was, was it, he just, why didn't he do concerts? I think there was an element of fear. And certainly his second wife said that was part of the problem. But actually... The more I find out about Harry, the more I discover he wanted to live a completely normal, private life. And if you look at the album covers, you never really see what Harry looked like at the time on any of them. Yeah. So he's either a drawing of himself as a kid. He's By the time the first album came out with a picture of him as a bank clerk, he didn't look like that anymore. And fundamentally, in all of them, he's slightly in disguise. And by never appearing live, and even when he was on television, to some extent cultivating a different image from the way he looks, he could walk around L.A. unrecognised, have a lovely family life, and just be a very rich and wealthy man who was selling six million copies of Nielsen Schmielsen without anyone noticing. I'm I'm looking at your website, alanshipton.co.uk, and again, it's Alan with A-L-Y-N. And you've written loads of books. They're They're mainly jazz and blues books what, what what prompted you to do nielsen and then the, the billy j kramer book you've got out 
Well, two things, really. One is that I suppose in, if you're going to be Ponzi and academic about it, you'd say I'm an oral historian. And I started out in the 80s doing the stories of a lot of African-American jazz musicians mm. who I thought, if somebody doesn't do it, their stories will never get published. So I co-edited or co-wrote some and commissioned a lot of others. I was a publisher in those days and managed to, in some ways, preserve the memories of a generation. And then, just at the beginning of the 2000s, I met George Shearing, the pianist. And George, lovely guy, came from London, had a house in, in Oxfordshire, but actually lived in New York, and he'd been a great hero in New York. Blind pianist, and George said, I'd like you to help me write my memoirs. And I suddenly thought, gosh, you know, there are all these wonderful British musicians who ought to be written about. So that's what led eventually to Billy Joe Kramer, which you might come on to. But the Harry story is quite different. In another life, I'm a Radio 2, Radio 3 producer, and I was making a Radio 2 series for BBC Radio about uh, Richard Perry, the record producer. Mm. Now, very, very interesting character. Of course, he produced Nielsen Schmielsen and Son of Schmielsen. He also produced Ringo's solo albums, on which Harry sings. He produced Carly Simon's You're So Vain, on which Harry and Mick Jagger are the backing voices. So Richard was completely knitted into the Harry Nilsson story. And I remember saying to Richard, I love Harry's work. Is there a book? And Richard said, nope, and there never will be. And I said, why? He said, because Harry's widow was very upset when he died and everything's just been locked away and the Nilsson estate just don't want anybody going there. And I thought, well, biographer's dream if all the stuff's there. Yeah, yeah. And so five years later... And after a lot of mulling around in L.A. to find the right people to talk to them to gain their trust, I ended up getting permission to write the book. And it, I must say, uh, all credit to the family, because they're fantastically helpful. It's a cracking book. Nilsson, The uh, Life of a Singer-Songwriter, is flipping brilliant. You, you could, up until quite recently, get the whole RCA box set, 18 albums, I think, with bonus tracks. It was it was retailing for £35. I think it's, it's much more expensive than that now, but it was... What a bargain that box is. Uh, Billy J. Kramer, you, you've helped... You've had, Now, what is this? Because it's his autobiography, but you've, you've co-written it or something. You've yeah, got, this is the old oral history thing. So right. you become the, the co-writer or the editor right. or the ghostwriter. Um, this all came out of Nielsen, actually, because uh, the the man who's the, um, the the catalyst for this is Frank Stallone, brother of Sylvester, yeah. um, songwriter, singer, and for a long time, Harry Nielsen's next-door neighbour in Bel Air. <laughs> I love so it, I love it. I went to interview Frank about Nielsen, because on the day that John Lennon was killed, Nielsen was producing an album on which Frank was singing. Right. And he, had, he was singing in the studio, and he suddenly looked through the glass, and everybody on the other side of it looked as if they'd been shot. Well, they hadn't, but Lennon had. Wow. And, and so he was, he's actually got these very acute memories of the immediate response of Harry Gosh. and a lot of the musicians who played, because many of the Nielsen albums, many of the Paul McCartney solo albums, the Ringo albums at that time, had the same yeah. basic crew of musicians on them. So, you know, Jim Keltner, a lot of the, the, the guys who were L.A. session players were on all those albums. They were all there in the studio that day, and they reacted, as you can imagine, with horror to Lennon's death. So I got to know Frank quite well. And uh, just after the book came out, he rang me and said, I've got this friend you might have heard of called Billy J. Kramer, who wants to write his memoirs, and he's not quite sure how to go about it, and maybe you can help. So he introduced us, I went to see Billy, and we got on like a house on fire. 
Now, you very kindly sent me a copy of the book, and as soon as I finish Nilsson, which I almost have done, I don't, I don't want this book to finish, but as soon as I have, I'm going to crack on with it. Um, any surprises that came up with, with Billy J. Kramer? Anything that, that, made, that kind of made you take a step back and go, God, well, I never knew that about him. Lots of things, really. But the, the thing, uh, there are two things about it that made it really interesting to do. The first thing is that Billy was managed by Brian Epstein. He was produced by George Martin. He was recorded by Hurricane Smith. And the songs were written for him by Lennon McCartney. So he's living in this completely parallel universe to the Beatles. He actually knew them as a teenager. He'd grown up in the same area. He'd met them before they went to Hamburg. So he's got this kind of completely parallel career to the Beatles. And through the same management, and actually touring a lot with them at the time, he's both a fly on the wall looking at their careers, but also his own career is part of that phenomenon. And I thought that was really interesting because with the exception of Jerry Marsden and perhaps The Searchers, and Mike Pender's written a quite interesting book about that too, Mm. Jerry, I think, has yet to do the definitive book about himself. But there's very little that looks at the other people who are in that circle in this kind of depth. So that was the first thing. But the second thing was, and I really learned a lot from Billy about this, when those bands were out on tour in the 60s, they weren't touring as pop shows. They were part of variety. And the people that Billy was working with were Max Wall, Monsieur Eddie Gray, all the kind of slightly pre-war, just post-war comedians. There's a wonderful half-chapter about being on stage with Tommy Cooper. Fantastic. And I found that insight into the world of variety. I mean, funnily enough, the first time I met Peter Noon, he was here where I live in Oxford, playing Sinbad in Sinbad the Sailor at, at the, um, in the pantomime. Yeah. And I was sent round by one of the magazines to go and interview him. And I'm backstage talking to Herman and the Hermits, <laughs> who are basically just doing a completely wooden version of There's a Kind of Hush in the middle of a show that's about Sinbad and pirates. And the chief pirate was Bernard Cribbins. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing. <laughs> and, the, and the pantomime Dane was Billy Dainty, which again is Billy, a link back. Billy Dainty, there's a name I haven't heard for years. Blimey. It's funny, if you watch some of those, I'm, I'm a big fan of um, uh, rock bands making films. And obviously in the sort of late 60s and the 70s, they were all a bit psychedelic and a bit arty. But if you look at some of the early films, you forget the Beatles stuff, but the, the Herman's Hermits uh, films, you're, you're right, they, they are kind of like a big screen pantomime aren't they there's something not quite carry on but very very british and and that that links back to that variety it's that kind of stepping stone between between variety and rock if we step back to nielsen for a minute of course the the great film there is son of dracula which oh, ringo wow. directed and produced it's a dreadful film i've never been able to sit through it and i i love watching ringo movies i've sat through caveman i've never been able to sit through the dracula movie well, the best bit of the Dracula movie is the nightclub scene where Harry is performing and the band is Keith Moon, mm. um, Jim Keltner, um, so two drummers at different times. Um, there's Klaus Furman, uh, there's Peter Frampton. It's an absolutely amazing all-star band on screen. And although some of it's mimed to tracks off the Richard Perry album, some of it's not. And it's great. And of course, the other great film that Ringo made is the one with Mark Boland. Yeah, Born to Boogie. Fantastic film. 
Um, so, li- listen, these are the two books. These are the two books you've got to buy, guys. This is your homework. Nielsen, The Life of a Singer-Songwriter. Do You Want to Know a Secret? The Autobiography of Billy J. Kramer. Both, um, uh, Alan Shipton's uh, pen is very heavy on the paper. A-L-Y-N. You can go to alanshipton.co.uk to look at all the other bits and pieces. What's next, Alan? Do, do, do you have a project that you're you're kind of excited about, or are you taking a little break? No, I'm just, well, I'm going to back to jazz for a bit now. I'm writing a book about, well, actually, two things. Um, the very first book I did on the jazz front was the autobiography of an amazing guy in New Orleans called Danny Barker. And Danny was a sort of one-man history of jazz, and he worked with all the bands back in the day, in the beginning of jazz in New Orleans. Then he was on the road with Cab Calloway's big band. Then he went back to New Orleans and, and became a sort of father figure of the music. And in 1986, we did his autobiography. And then I had that luxury that very few people have. I got together with him again and said, if you had the chance to do this book all over again, what would you do? And we taped hours of interviews. And now the new edition is coming out, sadly, nearly 20 years after his death. But Mm. it's all the things that he'd like to have put in it at the time and didn't. And there's a new edition of that coming out later this year. So that's great. And then the other book I'm doing, which is a much bigger project, is about the relationship between visual art and jazz. So you've got all these amazing painters like Magritte, Matisse, um, Mondrian, who are kind of influenced by jazz. And then you've, on the other hand, got a lot of jazz musicians influenced by art. Yeah. So that's... That's a slightly heavyweight intellectual book, but that's the next biggie. Well, as, as, as someone who's been trying for years to, to uh, get the discipline to sit down and write one book, to hear you so busy makes me completely sick and jealous. Uh, Alan, but thank you so much for sending me these. They're an absolute joy, and I really appreciate you coming on tonight. Thank you. Ian, it's been great. Lovely to talk to you, and Th- thanks so much for your enthusiasm for Harry. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. That's Alan Shipton. Let me just spell the name again, dear listener, before we go to a break, because I want to make sure, and I, I, I know we're not doing Twitter tonight, but I will tweet the link, Alan Shipton, A-L-Y-N. Uh, Nielsen, the life of a singer-songwriter. It really is, um, it's a joy, and it's like I say, I've struggled to get into, well, and we'll put that out as a podcast, we'll put that out as a special podcast. I've been struggling to get into Nielsen, and this book is just really, I, I find it the saddest story, the saddest story, just, you know, the, so much talent, both as a songwriter and vocally, his voice, um, ruined by cocaine and brandy. Flipping heck. All right, back to normal service. Uh, your calls, please. 0844 499 1000. We call you back. Evening, dear listener. This is Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. We've got lots of um, uh, new people listening. Some old people and some new people listening. And some people... I have, so a friend of mine, a friend of mine, checked into a hotel and had the ultimate... You know when you, go, you check into a hotel and some hotels, they're kind of a bit scuzzy. Uh, and there's always that... that um, whenever I get on board, whenever I go to a, to a flight or a hotel, for some reason I have a real apprehension that they're going to say, I'm terribly sorry, no, we, um... Well, how did you spell the name again? No, sorry, it's not here. A friend of mine got in touch and said that she checked into a hotel and they were booked up, so they upgraded her to the honeymoon suite. Oh la la! Oh la la, Ceci bon! Four poster beds, isn't it? Four poster beds! Um, so, uh, welcome to everybody who's listening. Um, the way this show works, let me ex- just, just explain for a little bit before we get to Rashid and Tris and, and, and you, if you want to call in, 0844-499-1000. It's not like any other kind of uh, late-night phoning show. I'm sat here in a darkened studio, illuminated by three screens. That's it for the moment. No Periscope tonight. No Twitter, no texts. It's the plural of texts. I've, tri- uh, I've checked. No emails, no Facebook, nothing. Right? It worked last night, and I'm going to do it again tonight. 
won't do it every night, but I'm going to do it again tonight. We're going to do an old-fashioned, late-night phone-in radio show with long silences. Because I like silences, you see. Um, and I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to talk about what's in my head. And you can either listen, which is great, or what's even greater, for me anyway, is um, you can phone up and you can take part. And it's not like the shows you'll, you'll hear on other stations. I'm not going to sit here and go, right, well, for the first hour, we're going to talk about Muslims. And for the second hour, we're going to talk about Lloyd's Bank. And then for the third hour, we're going mean, to... It's not like that at all. You can call in about those things if you want. I don't, you know, you can call in about... You can call in about anything, right? We're at a bar, we're having lunch, we're having dinner, we're having supper, whatever, and we're having a conversation. And um, you can talk about Harry Nilsson, you can talk about your day, if your day sucks, if your day's been brilliant, if something amazing has happened, um, or you can chip in with the stuff that I'm talking about. It's that simple. Or you can phone up and make fart noises. I don't really mind. I don't really mind. Um, this is uh, like the graffiti wall they had in uh, um, uh, Grange Hill. You come on and say whatever you want. I don't mind. 0844 499 1000. We call you back. 0844 499 1000. Let's crack on. Let's go to Rashid. Evening, Rashid. Fart fest. They are fart fest. That's what we need. Why? Here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing, right? Why are farts so funny? Because they're funny, right? And I know they're funny because I've got two little boys, six and four. They're stupid names. And um, when one of them farts, it's funny. And when I fart, they laugh. Why? I, why, I don't know why it's so funny. Hmm. It's like a raspberry, you know, when they did a raspberry blow. Anyway, that's funny in comedy as well, isn't it? Just... Yeah. Benny Hill, isn't it? Ian, something amazing. I'm going to try and talk slow because I usually talk fast, but... Yes, sir. I don't... I'm not good on the phone, to be honest. I am good on the phone. I just... I don't know why I come on the radio and speak, but I am not good at conversation. I'm not... a bit awkward on the phone. Yeah. But, Ian, something amazing happened. I made a friend on Facebook from the Talk Radio listeners page. Uh-oh! CJ Mapp. All right. Or, sh- or shall I call him DJ... I'm right just going to stand up and adjust my um, my plums, because I'm, I'm wearing jeans that are too tight and my plums are all over the place. Ooh. Oh, Ian, before yep. that, I was going to tell you, yesterday I was going to tell you about a, a trick, a life hack for, for dieting. A life hack. I hate that phrase, I life hack, know, but, but let's hear it. A life hack for dieting, yes. <clears throat> well, I know you was doing the couch to 5K, which you've kind of like... I haven't done it for yeah. two weeks. All right. No, I've had two well, weeks off from do? the couch to 5K. I'm guessing I'm going to have to start again. I know your jeans are a bit tight. What you do, yeah. there's a belt. I wear a belt that is like, it looks like a normal belt at the front, but it's elasticated around the back. Oh, well, I don't, but the thing is, I'm, I'm still fat then. No, but you can rock a jeans, like your normal jeans, but just buy a size bit bigger and uh, you use that belt so you've got that extra, you know, Movable, uh, well, but I don't. But I don't want to get. The thing is, I don't want to um, I- encompass my ever increasing girth of the belly. 
I want it to go back down to what it what? was. Get back, on the, get back on the exercise then. Oh, Stop yeah. wasting time. It's these pills. I, I, I do it. Well, I, I don't think. I know. It's these pills I'm on, right? The metazapine. It oh, makes right. me hungry and hungry yeah. for carbs, right? And I could just eat and eat and eat and I never get full up. And also mm. it metabolizes sugar in a different way. So even when. And I've had days where all I've eaten has been like a bag of nuts, right? And even when I've just had a bag of nuts, I've stood on the scales. And I'm, I'm at the, at the, at best, I'm the same weight I was two days yeah. before. At worst, I'm heavier. So you gotta do double the effort, man. That's, that's I gotta awful. go double trouble. Keenan and Kel. You can do it. I've gotta do a Keenan and Kel. Where, where are Keenan and Kel these days? Are they still alive? Are they still alive? There's no. What? Yes, Rashid, there's no shortcut home. Yeah. Rashid, I'm asking a very yeah. important question, and you're singing, uh, there's no easy way out, there is no shortcut. Oh. What happened to Keenan and Kel? Rashid? Rashid? He's gone. He's gone, you see? Rashid's vanished, right? Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Every time I bring up Keenan and Kel, silence. I'm met with uh, absolute silence. What the hell has happened to those guys? Are they dead? Have they been disappeared by the government? I'm about to go to a break, so someone better get near that break button, guys. Where the hell? Well, this is tonight's show. The hell are Keenan and Kel? Some of you may be asking, who the hell are Keenan and Kel? They they were in a program, weren't they, where they worked in like a in uh, like a burger joint, I think. I think it was called the Keenan and Kel show. Your Keenan and Kel stories, please. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. Right, right. As you were. This is Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. Normally, normally, I would have a little. My my phone would be on a tripod just to my right, and I still find myself now doing comic asides. Um, but it's not there. I would be streaming the show on Periscope, so you could watch it. But you, last night. I did a, a proper old-fashioned late-night phone-in radio show where it was my wits and your calls, and that was it. And it was hard work. Maybe hard work for you as a listener, I don't know. It was hard work for me as a presenter. But I quite enjoyed it. It made me feel alive. Made me feel alive. And today, despite only have, have, having had four and a half hours sleep, thanks, kids. And uh, they had four and a half hours sleep, and but the kids were booked into uh, like an art club at school today for three hours. And uh, boy, I oh boy, I was looking forward to dropping them off, getting home, having two and a quarter hours sleep, then going back and picking them up. And my youngest said, "I don't want to go to art club." What? I don't want to go to art club. I don't like it. Oh, you're going to go to art club, son. And when we got there, he had a little bit of a wobbly. He had a whitey. Do we still call them whiteys? And probably can't call them whiteys now. Political madness gone wrong. And uh, he, he was obviously quite upset and he didn't want to go. So I got a bit knocked. Um, but then we went and played in the park for three hours. So that was kind of awesome. Um, why am I saying this? I don't know. Anyway, there's no Periscope. There's no text. There's no Twitter. There's nothing tonight. Absolutely nothing. It's me sat here, microphone, phone calls. I haven't even got Kath producing. I've got Emma and Ed who are doing an excellent job. If you call in 0844-499-1000, you'll speak to Emma. She will call you back. But I haven't even got Catherine to bounce off of this evening. So it's just me and you. Um, you can choose to call in or you can choose not to call in. Oh, I'll get, I'll get paid either way. Do you know what I mean? Uh, let's go to Tris. Evening, Tris. 
Hip, hip, hip. Hip, 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 Tris. How you doing, fella? You all right? I'm all right, thank you. What you got for us, cool, boss? Cool, cool, Well, you, um, you, you, you've, you've sucked me in again with sort of finer points on the Beatles when you mentioned, uh, Magic Alex and Derek Taylor. Yeah. Um, a couple of, um, I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm sure, um, I'm big, big on the Beatles. And, um, Magic Alex, he, he co-wrote one of my favourite, uh, one of my favourite Beatles tracks with John. Do you know which one? Oh, no. Oh, oh, oh. I didn't know he co-wrote a, a song. Well, not officially. Oh. But, um, with Studio Wizardry and stuff like that, John, John said in the 70s. Not that, the Walrus. Yeah. No, he didn't do I Am the Walrus. No. It was later no, no, than that, no, no, wasn't no, no, it? He was later than yeah. that. Yeah. Um, 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 I don't know. Go on. What's the new Mary Jane? Oh, Flip, that's a terrible record. Oh, it's all right. It, uh, it's mm, all right. I wonder, I wonder what Mary Jane means. It couldn't be, it couldn't be marijuana, could it? No. No, I, th- I think I think the Beatles are one of the the cleanest bands going, my friend. I don't know. I don't it know where you, the, you made that confusion. What's the new Mary Jane? Here we go. Let's, it, we'll see if we can find it. It is. It's an unreleased Beatles song. Although it did it pop up on um, anthology. It's on anthology know. three. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Have a listen. It's awful. Have a listen to this. Oh, hang on. Hang on. This is the Beatles, guys. She looks as an African queen. She's eating 12 chapatties and cream. Oh, yeah, that's the Beatles, guys. I wonder why that one stayed in the vaults. Well, I mean, it got bumped for Revolution 9, so y- you choose. <laughs> <laughs> number 9, number 9, number 9. I like Did Revolution ever- 9. So do I. Do you know what? You've I, just, I, you've I just... think that track's backwards. I think if you listen to it backwards, it's a hell of a lot better. You know what? I haven't got the anthology series. Haven't you? No, I used to have them, but no, I, 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 but I was never that impressed with the. You know the TV series, the Anth- Beatles anthology. That Excuse us, really to good. We're going to geek out for a bit. You know, you know, there's um, <clears throat> there's a slightly hooky version that's a bit longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, good, good, good news. But I mean, I think, I think for the likes of you and me, the anthology isn't all that because you've got all the eighties types. I'm, I'm presuming, you know. Oh yeah, the yeah. Uh, another sessions and all that. Yeah, I got, really, I got all that really stuff. Cool stuff. I got all that stuff, but I do. Um, but it's all a bit clean. The anthology, isn't it? It's all a bit. Pretty, yeah, all a bit nineties. Uh, yeah, it is a little bit. It is a little bit, but you can't go wrong with that. Actually, those anthologies they're a little bit too expensive, so I'm going to pass on that. But thanks, guys. Um, yeah, no, I love, love the magic. Be- me loves the Beatles. Yeah, the it does sound a bit like it does sound a bit like Sid Barrett. That was the new Mary Jane. It sounds like John Lennon trying to be Sid Barrett and failing. Yeah, no, abs- absolutely, absolutely. Anyway. Um, yeah, the other great Magic Alex story. Yeah, is him and Mal Evans were trying to purchase for the Beatles four islands uh, around Greece. Of course they were, so that each of them could have each of the Beatles could have a separate house uh, on each island, all interconnected with tunnels, so they could visit one another, which I think's a great story. And three of them were behind. It was only Paul that said he wasn't interested. But, but there's a surprise, Macca. <laughs> there's a surprise. I, um, uh, Mal Evans gets mentioned in this Harry Nilsson book, right? Um, yeah. Because you know how he died. 
They got shot by the police. Got shot by the Mal Edmonds was like the Beatles roadie, right? And he was with them from from like day one up until the end. And whereas him and Neil Aspinall, right, were kind of like the Beatles roadies, and Neil Aspinall rode uh, rose up through the Beatles ranks and became like the, the head of Apple and all this kind of stuff, right? And Mal Evans never quite did. And when and the he Beatles, was just the errand boy, yeah, 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 <laughs> but a giant of a man apparently. And then when the Beatles split up, he moved to America and kind of had a breakdown because there was there was he lost his purpose in life. And I think he got really heavily into drugs and guns, and he was off his face waving a shotgun around, and the police gunned him down. And do you know the final twist in the Mal Evans story about what happened to no. his ashes? Oh no, I don't go on. So his, it was, his ashes were sent back from Los Angeles to Liverpool. They, yeah. they never arrived. Mm. They got lost in transit. Mm. <laughs> Evans, uh, he um, went on safari with Macker in, what, 67 to Kenya? 67, yeah, man, it must have been 66, 67. And uh, according to his diaries, he wrote, uh, I think, fixing a hole and getting better. I'm fixing a hole where the rain gets in and stops my mind from wondering where it will go. Oh, you know it then, yeah? <laughs> I've heard of it, yeah. I've got a good voice. Yeah. I've actually, I've, this is the thing, this is the thing, Trist. I've got a bloody good voice, right? And I'm just, I'm just waiting, just waiting for my, my chance to shine. I need, there must be a record producer listening to this radio show right now who can um, put me where I belong, which is at number four in the charts on Top of the Pops next Thursday. There's got to be someone that can do that. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I mean, if you if you go a little bit more country, you might. Um, what's the name of that chap who's got that YouTube that Periscope bloke? I can't think of his name. The 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 cowboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Team yeah, up with him, maybe. Hey, listen, I've just had a, a, a I've just had a message on WhatsApp, right? I don't know if you saw on Twitter yeah. earlier on, but about a month ago, just over a month ago. Nearly two months ago. Six weeks, split the difference, right? I saw an advert that Richard Herring came on the show and he was performing a performance arts event, right? I love a bit of performance arts. And I, I didn't go, but I was looking through what was on. And in the catalogue... playing snooker against himself. Yeah, 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 he was playing snooker against himself. Yeah. And in the, the sort of brochure, online brochure, there was a number, right? And it said, mm-hmm. on July the 28th, is that today? Is it the 28th today? Yeah. Oh, on July God. the 28th, this woman, Amy, will fall over for you. If you want to see it, WhatsApp <laughs> this number, and they gave the number, WhatsApp the words, I want to see you fall, right? And I sent that, I sent, I want to see you fall to this number, um, um, on, a, on the 18th of June, and I forgot all about it. Right. And then today I got a ding. Oh, I've got a WhatsApp. And I uploaded it. And it was a video of Amy walking down the street and falling over. It's brilliant. I have not. I, I watched it and I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. And, you know, there were people who go, well, that's not art. But I think it is. I, th- I love stuff like that. I love stuff like that. Tom and Alan, stay there. I'll come to you in a minute. I love stuff like that. It's so 
nuts and out there and well, it's the comedy of the absurd yeah it? oh and it, it's funny and it's literally her just walking from her perspective she walks down the street and then she falls over and that's it and i i'd I sent her another message saying do you want to come on the show one night to talk about this <laughs> and she said yeah i'd love to so we'll get amy on um pr- well tomorrow's friday so we'll get amy on next week to talk about um her falling over if I, I, and i i i do think i may be the only person that sent her a message because I put it on Twitter, hoping someone else would go. Oh yeah, no, I saw that, but I don't think anybody else has seen it. So, um, and had she already recorded the video of her no. falling over before? No. Set? Oh, she, she did it. She it. did it today. She fell over today. She's done it before, I think. She's done them before, but yeah. um, she she did it today, Tris, and uh, that is well. That I think that I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say the G word. I think that's genius. Yeah, why not? I, I mean, it's you genius. know, it's getting us talking, isn't it? It is. Isn't that what art's about? It is. It is. Tris, listen, we're, we're out of time on our Beatles Geek Fest. Sorry, mate. We'll, we'll continue another time. Um, it was uh, this video, and it's just her walking down the street, and then she falls over. And it made me laugh so much. I thought, that is wonderful. That is wonderful. And what a great use of um, uh, d- d- Tom, Paul, and Alan. I'll come to you after the news now because I'm on. I'm on a little roll, and we've only got a minute. I'll give you a fair crack of the whip. Oh uh, eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you want to call in, now's an excellent time to call in. You'll speak to Emma, and she'll rack you up. Um, what a great use of a modern technology, an app, a WhatsApp, um, and just plain stupidity. You know, it's wonderful. But I don't think anyone else saw it. I think I may have been the only person. Um, but I'll, I'll send her a message to, tomorrow and we'll get her on the show uh, maybe one day next week. Speaking of one day next week, we've got some great stuff lined up. Dougie Anderson's coming in for the first hour of Monday show. And Dougie I used to work with on Rise. And um, some of you may have seen the live shows we did a few years ago called Clip Joint. He's written a book, which I've not read yet, actually. I need to I need to give that a good read over the weekend. Um, he's written a book and he's going to come in for the first hour. I love Dougie. Dougie is... Um, I, I, this is going to sound arrogant. I don't care. It's true. Dougie is one of the few people um, who I struggle to keep up with in terms of uh, uh, um, verbal sparring and wordplay. Most people I can kind of keep up with, and and and, and some I can I have to slow down for so they don't look too bad. But Dougie's Dougie's quicker and smarter and faster than me. He's coming on, and then on Tuesday we've got Sean Levy coming on, who wrote this brilliant book about Jerry Lewis, who is my big thing at the moment. And while we're doing plugs, we've got thirty seconds. I do a little plug. Uh, I am doing recording two live panel show podcasts for audible on sunday in bethnal green three o'clock um there's um um there's the guy that sings songs david helm or nick helm is that his name one of them and david trent or nick trent i can't remember and arthur smith and dominic holland and it's free if you type in ian lee war of the words on google you'll find it and it simple as that uh this is ian lee this is talk radio talk radio so, uh, one hour down, two more to go. Hey, uh, Tom and Alan, you stay there. If you want to call in, dear listener, now is an excellent, excellent time. 0844 499 1000. 0844 499 1000. We call you back. What are we talking about? Well, um. Anything, really. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. 
1941, a happy father had a son. And by 1944, the father walks right out the door. And in 45, the mom and son were still alive. But who could tell in 46 if the two were to survive? Well, the years were passing quickly, but not fast enough for him. So he closed his eyes to 55, then he opened them up again. And we looked around, he saw a clown, and the clown seemed very gay. And he said, I'd like to join that circus clown and run away. Well, he followed every railroad track and every highway sign And he had a girl in each new town and the towns he left behind And the open road was the only road he knew But the color of his dream was slowly turning into blue Then he met a girl, the kind of girl he'd wanted all his life She was soft and kind and good to him, so he took her for his wife And they got a house in the far from town and in a little while The girl had seen the doctor and she came home with a smile Now in 1961 a happy father had a son And by 1964 the father walked right out the door And in 65 the mom and son were still around But what will happen to the boy when the circus comes to town? There we go. Is why he's a flipping genius. That's why. How have I only just discovered Harry Nilsson? What the hell is going on with my life? Um, Paul, Alan, stay there. Tom, you're first up this hour. Evening, Tom. What you got for us? Hip, 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 Tom. Hey, how you doing? You? I'm You're waking right. up, Tom. I'm waking up. It's a brand new morning. Yeah. Feel like having a diet coke. It's- the metazapine is worn off. Yeah, the metazapine is... Uh, well, it, I, I take it after the show. That's when it kicks in. But right uh, now, I'm waking up. It's a brand new morning. <laughs> Let's have a Diet Coke. <laughs> not the zero stuff. No, not the zero stuff, man. No, no way, man. No. How are you doing? It's, it's good to be on air. This is my first time on radio ever. What the hell? How does it feel like, man? <laughs> it's a bit weird. I, I was kind of thinking of all the kind of possible scenarios that brought me to you yes but actually it's funny how things happen isn't it in a kind of fatalistic kind of uh, way um i like to think that there's a link between everything right yeah don't get me wrong i'm not calling in like a madman but uh well it's sounding it's sounding a little bit mad at the moment thomas <laughs> if i'm honest well it's okay um i i uh i remember going i remember i used to live in maidenville many years ago you did, and yeah, okay, yeah, okay. and and I uh, I started to listen to late night radio. Yeah, for some reason, you know those days where those heady days where you uh, oh. drink in the middle of the night. Oh yeah, yeah, those or, bad days, or the or the they, days when you'd wake up and have a beer. 
You got, <laughs> days you'd wake up, right? And it was a Tuesday, and you'd signed on. No, it was a. It was yeah. It'll be, it'll be a Thursday, and you'd signed on yesterday, and you had a few quid. So you had to, it was ten o'clock in the morning, and you well, thought, "I've got nothing to do until I sign on again." It in another thirteen days. I'm going to crack a beer open and play Wipeout on the PlayStation. Yeah, I think, yeah, the old Wipeout. The old Wipeout. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are the days. The two-week period it was enough of doing that, and then I realised I needed to listen when I listened to LBC and oh. listened to the people calling in in the evening, ah. which is what I'm doing now. Yes, you're one of them. You know, I've, I ended up yes. to be one of them, but yes. it, it, it took me on a long course, basically, oh. and I want I, a I, journey. I, a journey and how, how journey. I've listened to you. Yeah. I've listened to you since the, the show began. I tuned my radio in Thank and you. there it was again a reassuring uh, the voices of, of the mad people at night yeah. and that's why I'm calling in. Because you've tonight. become mad? Well, I'm a, I'm a mental health nurse by profession. <laughs> well done, well done. <laughs> oh, fair play, yeah, go on. So, so One nil to so Tom, yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. I feel in a, in, a, in a kind of a funny way. This is my therapy. Um, you're at, well. Uh, mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, that must be that must be hard work. Uh, not necessarily. No. That must be. Hang on. Let me rephrase that. Hang on. Sorry. <clears throat> that must be really easy work. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought so. So this is your therapy. Is listening. Well, I, sh- shall I? Um... It's cathartic. I would say. Do you want me to? Do you want me to mess with your mind? You can go ahead. I mean, it's. I, I think I've, I've become desensitized. You, really? One thing oh, I must hang say on a minute. Listen. Ian. Hang on a minute. You can say it in a second. This sounds like a challenge. You think you've become <laughs> desensitized? Yeah, slightly. Apart you reckon? From the Vietnam kind of uh, desensitizing. Okay. I yeah. can. I can sensitize you again. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Say hello to Alan Caddick. Uh, <laughs> hip, hip, hip. <laughs> go on, guys, away you go. Hip, hip, hip. Hello. Hip, hip, Hello. hip, Alan. How are you? Tom, you've, Tom, you've disappeared. I'm still here. You, you went all faint and quiet there. I don't know what happened, you see. <laughs> I sensitised you too much with Alan Caddick. <laughs> Um, has uh, Alan heard about the addiction problems with bingo? I don't play bingo. Ooh, uh, bit, bit sniffy. Have you ever played bingo, Alan? Used to, but I've stopped. Isn't it true? Mm. Um, didn't they do a report recently that they found loads of cocaine on, like, the toilet cisterns at bingo halls? Well, one bingo hall I went wasn't to in Birmingham right? yes. was closed a few years ago. Because of cocaine? No, I think it was an old, very old builder. It was falling apart. A very old builder was falling apart? No, a very old building. A very old building was... Fa- was it... Which bingo was... Fa- which building was falling apart? The bingo hall? Yeah, in Harborn. That would make sense. That would make sense. It used to be a cinema. Well, and before that... No, before the it was a bingo hall, no, it was a cinema. Bef- and before the cinema, what did it be? Did it be? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it it probably be it probably be a dance hall. Do I have to do some research? on Do a that? little bit of research on that because I my, a lot of those old bingo halls used to be cinemas, and before that they used to be um, um, like dance halls and stuff. 
Swimming pools are coming back into fashion, aren't they? The old-style swimming pools. The, the, the big rectangles of water. The bathing tubs. Oh, the what? The, the, well, hang on, those are swimming baths. Swimming baths. That's no. a Victorian swimming bath. Well, you go in and you have a bath. And you wash the Alan Caddicks of life. Um, I... We've got, where we live, we've got a leisure pool near us. And what that means is, it's not very deep, and there are lots of slides and stuff. And a while ago, I had to go for a steam, and I couldn't go for a steam there. So I went to the old swimming pool I used to go to in Slough, mm. the Montem Sports Centre. Sports wow. and Leisure Centre. And Slough. Slough. And <laughs> it was the most... Oh, it was a horrible swimming pool. It was just a big... It was two big rectangles of water. And I remember looking at it and thinking, this used to be the place to come. Well, I'm talking about when I was nine, right? But where, A bit of uh, pube swimming there. Ian. Yeah, well, a bit of pube swimming. Um, but where, uh, it, was just, it was just a rectangle for swimming. Swimming itself is not a fun thing to do, is it? Did you get your gold badge there? Did I get my what? Your gold swimming badge. No, I didn't. I got a bronze swimming badge. And to get that, I had to go to, um, we had to go up to, we had swimming lessons at Beechwood School on a Saturday. Mm. That was weird. And do you know what? I can't remember a lot of what happened there, which makes me think that something might have happened there. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean, uh, Tom? Okay. You'll know what I mean. You mean like, uh, floating things? I don't, I don't know. I remember I didn't like it. And I remember I would go on my own, and it was because it was a school. It was a big school. It was mm. a rough school, but it was on a Saturday, so the school was empty. Mm. And I remember just being very afraid of going there. I went there every mm. week, okay. I, 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 but I can't remember you, much else. Did you see hordes of people coming in before you and then going out again? No, I, I remember... I remember that when we were doing the 400 metres, I took flipping... I was the slowest one there, and I was still doing it when the next swimming class came in. Was that in the shallow end? No, well, no, you can't do 400 metres in the shallow end. You've got to do lengths. <laughs> you can't do... Have you ever swum, Tom? Yeah. You yeah. can't do... You can't do... If you did 400 metres as... You're, you're as, a tall man. I wasn't, but I was nine! <laughs> you can't do 400 metres as widths. That would take you forever. Of course you've got to do it as lengths. But what's your arm arm kind of width? That's probably a that's probably a width. I was it? still nine years old. What are you doing, the front crawl or breaststroke? But, but sorry, Alan, you, you start talking about breasts. What? When you're doing a front crawl or breaststroke? I was doing that one. What's the one where it's just the arms go forwards? Front crawl. Is that crawl is it? Okay, I was doing. What about the Veruca sock? Did uh, you have one of those? No, my boy had one of those recently. Uh, yeah. Which one? Um, is it was his left foot, I think, Alan. No, I mean, was it the six-year-old or the four-year-old? Oh, I do, sorry, I do apologise. It was the six-year-old, yeah. All right. Here's something, right, it, uh, it, let, let's let's play a game, right? We're going to play a yes. game. We're going to play, and, and this is going to be really uncomfortable, right? I'm going to go first. Tom, you're going to go second. Alan, you're going to okay. go third, right? Okay. We're going to try, and, and keep it above the waist if you can, mm-hmm. although you don't have to. We're going to try and say the grossest thing we can think of, right? So, I'll go first. A s- mm-hmm. uh, cheese and Veruca sandwich. So it's a sandwich, and it's got cheese in it, but there's also, like, a thousand Verucas in it, and you have to eat it mm. all because it's the only food you've got. Mm. Tom, your turn. Grey-haired spider hole. An appendix taco. Hang on a second. Let's just... 
well back up by spider hole what yeah. do, what does that what does that mean um you know the kind of crevice in a corner of something that just kind of seems like oh, it's i gonna, thought you meant an old woman's um vj okay right okay good go on alan an appendix taco so you've 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 basically stolen my food theme no no well I'm, yeah well i'm not i'm not i haven't told you how i would have it oh how oh God, how are you going to have this appendix taco i would fry the appendix yeah of course and put it in some pita bread yeah and have a salad with it well tacos tacos come in taco taco is a thing a like a, it's a greek taco a greek taco uh, that actually sounds quite delicious. <laughs> Not when it's birthed, though. I would eat that. I because because an appendix that's awful. It's the most useless part of the body, isn't it? Well, your, your mouth is, but um, um, a pe- but it's a, it's awful, and we eat kidneys and Are livers. You... Tom, what Have were you going to say? Been... Have you got the next turn, Ian? Have you got a top? Have you got a top, I can top Alan? I, with that? Well, I, I think, well, that was round one, and I won. Okay. Um, I tell you what, Alan, you can kick off round two. Go on. Okay. A bogey soup. Mmm. Oh. I mean, that's quite poor. I think that's very poor. And, Alan, it doesn't have to be food all the time, right? You keep doing food, because I did food, and you're trying to be like me. I get it. All right, bogey soup. Tom, you can beat that. Go on. Spiced gandolina. What's gandolina? I've never really found out, but it's a medical term. But what does it allude to loosely? I think it's a physiotherapist term. I think it means, again, it means kind of an arched crevice. Okay. Which sounds kind of disgusting in itself. Everyone's going for the food thing. (laughs) All right, my turn, my turn. Um, Um... All right, I've got, I've got one, I've got one. Okay, right. <clears throat> Having to um, lick a zebra's anus. Well, you in that one? Yeah, Ian. yeah. I think, I think we'd agree. That was a good one. All right. Yeah. Let's have one more round. So it's two, it's two nil okay. to me. I'm the best. Um, Tom, you can go first. Yeah. Here's a good one. James Corden. Just stop there. Did you have any more to it, or was it that? No, just that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Tom is a clear winner in that. We, 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 the game over. We can't beat that. We can't beat that. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. Paul, stay there. Coming to you next. We can play that game if you want. We don't have to play that game if you want. I am enjoying doing these shows without Twitter and Periscope and stuff, and I'm kind of tempted. The show is slowly... I mean, March, April, May, June, July. Four months in. Just over four months in. The show is slowly starting to take a shape and a form. And I'm kind of thinking that maybe, maybe, we do the no Periscope Twitter text thing once a week. Maybe once a week. But then again, I don't like um, kind of restricting myself by imposing rules and stuff but so we've got friday nights the last hour is straight to air we got that that sorted we're going to do that for a while so we do a night where there's no no twitter and no periscope it makes me much more focused on on you and what you're saying when you call in 0844 499 1000 by the way saying that now probably none of you 
gits will call in and i'll be screwed thanks guys thanks a lot for nothing um so maybe we'll talk to kath about it when we get when, when uh, kath gets back oh we've got imani coppola will play out next week as well which is brilliant hopefully i'm going to be working with imani coppola this is the plan guys this is the plan get her over here in the uk make her marry me 0844-499-1000. Paul, you're on the air. Good evening, Paul. Hip, hip, hip. Hip, hip, hip. Hello, my old mate. I'm a first-time caller, so be gentle with me. Uh, what, uh, how long have you been listening for, Paul? Oh, mate, I remember you from Free Candy's Radio. Flipping it. Well, I, I, I don't remember for the rest of the stuff, but no. I mean, I listened to that conversation. I was walking to work when you had that conversation with that um, gentleman who actually works in the... The prison, so we say. Oh, yeah, the Christian bigot. <laughs> oh, mate, I can't believe that you got fired over that, because I was thinking okay. there was nothing wrong with that conversation. Nor can uh, the Reverend Barry Trahorn, who was a Christian and a massive homophobic bigot. Uh, the, two, the, two do, I mean, I, the two do not I necessarily listen. go in hand. I, uh, you know, uh, and I, we, we had lots of Christians on who were not homophobic bigots, but he was an absolute bigot. And thanks to him Wasn't and, and um, Libby uh, Powell could, from Christian I Concern, I lost I, my I, job. But, I, but, I, yeah, but I, I used to go to work and I used to start at 8 o'clock and I used to, so I used to listen to you in the morning and then go to, and I used to have you in the earplugs and on the bus and that and go. And I heard that whole conversation and then where has he gone? Yeah. Where is the, where is the man gone? I don't know. And then I found one here, but the trouble is because now I've changed jobs and oh. like, oh yeah, so no, it's cool, it's cool, cool. Um, I work shifts, so now what you've done to me now is because I I listen to the podcast. Yes, I mean it's all right now. Yeah, but I listen to podcasts and I get the bus at five o'clock in the morning, and I'm the only guy on the bus who's wetting themselves laughing. <laughs> oh, the po- this is the thing, right, because I've had a few people get in touch and say, oh, I, I listened to the podcast the other day and it made me laugh out loud on the bus. Quite a few people say, specifically on the bus. Does it work, right, because I don't listen, yes. I can't listen back. Does, does you know, a, 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 an hour of late night radio work at seven o'clock in the morning or, or three o'clock in the afternoon? Five o'clock in the morning works, Ian. Does five it? Five o'clock in the morning works, he cheers me up our chair. Oh, well. Do you remember the guy, do you remember the guy, Baby Fell? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baby, baby, fell. Uh, or catch a fish, throw it back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad. It, I'm glad it works because I do. I do wonder because I, 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 yeah, I do wonder. Do you, remember, do, you, do you remember the guy when you when you put the music on and he named all the pies? That's the funniest oh ever. yeah, I do remember the pie guy. That was very. He was just, he was just listing pies, wasn't he? What was that about? <laughs> I'm thinking. Well, oh, did I know all the pies, or did he know all the pies? Flip, yeah, that was a lot <laughs> of pies. Yeah, but that's, that's how long I've been listening. I mean, because I have to listen on the podcast. Well, bless but, you. No, you're all right. You're all right. But today's new earth. It's the day off work, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's the first time I've rung you. But what I ring you about is yesterday. Yes. When you played the Simon Garfunkel. Oh, for those who, let me just let me just fill in the blanks for those who missed it. We oh. were talking about um, uh, songs and how songs, really famous songs, become wallpaper and you become too familiar with them. And some of the most famous songs in the world, like "Good Vibrations" by the Beach Boys, when it comes on the radio, often people go, "I'll oh, turn this rubbish off." I've heard this a million times. One of those songs is "Bridge Over Troubled Water" by Simon and Garfunkel, and there is a recording of it. It's on YouTube. If I've got the album, it's on YouTube. Type in "Bridge Over Troubled Water Live 1969," where um, the album hasn't come out yet. No one's ever heard the song. And Art Garfunkel goes, here's a new one off the record we haven't released yet. And you can kind of feel the audience going, oh, flipping heck. And it, they play it and sing it. He sings it 
perfectly, right? Oh, and and you try, trying to imagine you are in that audience hearing that song for the first time ever and then the applause at the end when the audience obviously realise they have uh, 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 they have witnessed something historic. It's great, isn't it? Oh, I, you know, I, I, I was here last night because I was like, never close my eyes on two teachers. And you played that yesterday and every hair on my body stood up because I imagined myself there. Yeah, yeah. And then I've done Nilsson, you know, without you. Yeah, yeah. I've done that today, like, and it's the same effect. I mean, if you can actually get yourself in that genre and get yourself, oh, mate, it's, it's brilliant. It is, I, ever. When I, um, when I, when I was playing the uh, Simon and Garfunkel yesterday, I sat there with my eyes closed and I was there, I was in that theatre, and I said 5,000 people, it's probably a lot less than that, the applause sounded like yeah. there was maybe about a few hundred there, cause, and they were playing small venues then. Um, and, and it, you're right, it came from the conversation about the Nielsen song, Without You. Can't live if living is yeah. without you. <laughs> I've been playing it all day. I'm which which, uh, which has become a cliche. It's become a cliche, that song. But you listen to it as though you've never heard it before. Exactly. Jeez, that arrangement, the build in the arrangement, and yeah, his voice. Man, it's brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. I mean, I'll tell you what. It, and you put me onto so much music as well. Uh, the Monkeys. I mean, I ignore I mean, I used to see the Monkeys when I was a kid. You know what I mean? As in, like the the um, TV show, but yeah. I think did the monkeys, you know what I mean? But you, Ian, you've got me actually listen to them. And I'm thinking, they're not a bad band, are they? They're not bad, they're are right. they? They've got some good they're tunes right, up they? their sleeves. They're not bad, are they? They've got a few tunes. So what do you, all right then, Paul, what do, what do you normally listen to then? What's your kind of vibe at home? Really, you know, this is going to really shock you. I like heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> I like really thrash metal. And it's really hard. <laughs> that's, that's totally, I told you I was going to throw you. But it is. But that's what I like. That's my genre. You know what I mean? I like death metal, you know, like the way, the way, the screaming and all that. There's, um, um, have you seen, I watched this documentary the other week and I can't remember what it's called about the, well, la- the documentary. I've got to talk about that as well in a minute. There's one about, it's called, about a band, the Lamb of God. Is that one of them? Lamb of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lamb of God. They're all right. But the- I, mean, I like Sab- Sabaton. They're like a Swedish, Swedish heavy metal. You should actually, the Swedish, Swedish heavy metal like Sabaton, they sing all about um, uh, the war. Oh yeah, but they don't take anyone's side. I mean, they sing about like what the Germans done, what the Russians done, what the Polish done, what the British done. I mean, I'll go and see them every. I mean, they, they tour. They've been touring for forever. Oh, got, there is a question, right? Go Are on, there then. any like pop bands or or or, or, or like kind, kind of Spend big? Well, no. Hang on, shut <laughs> up. Are there any big successful bands out there now that are singing about whatever's going on, like about terrorism or about you no. know war? Because no, back no, in the sixties no. and seventies, you'd have Dylan, you'd have all the folk they singers, would. Crosby, yeah. Stills, and Nash. When they um, uh, loads of um, students were shot at Ohio um, State University, they uh, I think it was uh, uh, David Crosby phoned everyone up and said, "I've just written a song. Let's go and record it." They recorded it. A week later, it was out in the charts, singing about how no. awful it was. No, yeah, no one, no one, no one to sing like that now because of, it's the PC brigade. You're not allowed to sing like that anymore. I, I know what you're saying, though. I mean, they should be allowed to, and it should be, yeah. You know I mean, like it used to be, but yeah. no, no one sings like that anymore, mate. No one's, uh, no one's got any spunk anymore, Paul. There you go, Ian. That's no one's got word, any mate. spunk. Anyway, mate. I mean, uh, one more thing I want to say about about you. <laughs> Fantastic, mate. You cheer me up no end. Well, I'm, 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 that's an absolute thrill, Paul, and I'm really glad you managed you, to get you, Honestly, you do, mate. I, honestly, I, I, it took me so long to ring you, but yep. I'll bring you on my birthday, so... 
I've shared my birthday with you. Well, happy birthday, mate. Are you having a good day? Oh, had a great day, mate. Thank beautiful, you very much. Beautiful. Well, you enjoy you enjoy your birthday, mate. And um, you've got thirty-two minutes of it left. Thank you, Paul. That's nice, wasn't it? Um, and 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 there we go. An hour and a half of the show to go. No more calls lined up. No more calls lined up. Now, 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 now. This can go one of at least two ways. I can sit here for the next hour and a half and um, I can go through the papers and I can kind of tell you about my day. Actually, I've got, I've got a question I need to ask you, which I will do in a minute. Um, and I'm happy to do that. That's what I get paid for. Or you can call in and chip in with anything you want. And I, and I can't stress enough, right? Um, I don't make it easy for me, this show. The fact I've got rid of all of the social media tonight makes it harder for me. I've got to work harder to... In some ways, it's easier because I can be more focused on what you, you lot are saying when you call in. But I've got to work harder. I can't talk to Periscope and tempt them to... I can't go on Twitter and go, quick, phone me up, we've got no calls. I've got to sit here and hope that someone calls in. 0844 499 um 1000 but um in in some ways well I, I make it hard for you as well don't i because if we were listening to lbc now they would be talking about lloyd's bank or they would be talking about what's on the what's on the front page of the newspapers let's see what they would be talking about um oh they'd be talking about the the lone wolf plot to blitz uk is that a sentence? Lone wolf plot bits UK. Yeah, that's what they do. They'd be, uh, or they'd be talking about Big Brother. And they go, right, well, this hour we're talking about Big Brother. What do you think of the lineup? Give me a call now. And you can call in about Big Brother if you want. But um, by not sitting here and setting you questions and coming up with topics, I'm aware that I make it a little bit harder for you to, um, to, to take part. Because some of you are thinking, but I, but uh, I don't know. What does he want me to say? He's not. He's not given us anything to talk about. So we can't call in. Yeah, Paul. Paul didn't have anything to say, but we 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 chatted for ten minutes, and, and, and that's it. It's as simple as that. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. We call you back. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Um, you build it. And they will come, unless, of course, what you've built is Blobby World. Rashid, Rashid, you've been on already. What's going on? Hello, hello. Right, hello. Hello, yeah, Ian. I'm not, my, I think my line went bad. I don't know. I was cut off. I, I was that trying was, to mention a point. It's it. We are we are. For those who are new to the show, we are commemorating um, the hour uh, that has passed since Rashid last called us. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, I was saying, yeah, one of my, I made a friend on Facebook from, from the Talk Listeners thing. His name is uh, uh, CJ Mapp, yeah? Yeah. And he's done a, a tribute thing on YouTube to that, to that earworm that you said yesterday from the guy in the sandwich aisle, which was singing, When I Put It In. When I put it in, I can't remember it, I've forgotten it! <laughs> when I put it in... Is it wet when I take it out? When I, I put it in, my thing get wet. Yeah, when you put it wet. in, is it in yet? Ian, can you type in YouTube? I don't know no. if you can find it. It's when I put it in. Yes. And you might see a little, uh, he's done a mashup or a tribute to it. I haven't got, I haven't got the computer. Oh. I have, well, I've got the computer. Let me have, I'm, I'm being slightly disingenuous. 
Oh, you liar. You little liar. Who was that? You little liar. Who said Ian that? Ian Lie. Who was that? That was, um... Uh, Bobby Ball, wasn't it? You little liar. Um, when I put it in. There we go. Someone's done a mashup, have they? Can you see? It's a little picture of you. Uh, Ian Lee interviews in- the Ting Tings? No, no, no. When I put it Hang in. Hang on a minute. Ian Lee interviews the Ting Tings, right? It was put up two years ago. Guess how many views that's got? Three. 48. Oh, my gosh. Flipping it, and it uh, either mine or the Ting Tings <laughs> statue, statue is less than I thought. What am I looking for, Ian Lee? When I put it in, no, no, don't put Ian Lee. Just put when I put it in. Well, but um, all right. When? Well, oh god, this who, uh, a whole heap of stuff is going to come up. Oh no, I think it's about. Well, when I searched it, it was about the fifth, sixth one down. You're, you're standing in a uh, by a, um, in a sandwich aisle. When I put it in, yeah. No, it's not there, mate. Oh, gosh. She loves it when I put it in all three holes. Oh, my goodness gracious, mate. Oh, Look yeah, what have I opened? A can of worms. Ian, we'll have to send you the link, man, but, you know, we'll, well have to sort it out. Well, but, well, you know, we'll, it's good. Made a friend on the talk radio thing. See, DJ, what's his name? CJ Map. Okay, I've literally got no idea... What I'm talking about. What you're talking about now. Thank you. Anything else? Tutty by oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. Yes, Paul. Uh, good evening. Good evening, Paul. Right, so straight through then. Okay. <laughs> well, um, yeah. Well, I sorry, can I can I'm... put you on hold if you want. <laughs> no, I've been put on hold once, and uh, I didn't know what to expect. And I'm uh, uh, here. We are. Uh, how are you? Um, how am I? Do you really want to know or not? Yeah, do, do, do you know? I, I, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, how, a, how are you? I'm miserable. Really how I'm, are you? I'm exhausted because I've had a really tough day with the kids, a long day with the kids. I have four and a half hours sleep, and to my um, not to my shame, but to, I, I was I was quite snappy with the kids for some of the day. We've had a really good day, <sighs> but I was snappy with the kids, and I always regret that. And I knew so I was doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So you're now in that zone where you've you've gone to bed. Yeah, you don't have or, or you don't have access to them now. When you want to grab them and go, oh, I'm sorry, I was snappy. This yeah. was snappy, yeah. But it's too late, isn't it? And I and I and I, and I, I did apologise in the day, but then I got snappy again, and it, it, it was just purely exhaustion. It was it was exhaustion, and and we had a we had a good day, but I I, I kind of um, it could have been a whole lot better if I'd not been. Um, snappy and and a little bit selfish because I, I i was hoping i'd get a little dose today and i didn't and that annoyed me so i was a little bit selfish so um i've got them tomorrow afternoon so i'm going to make it up to them we'll have a we'll have a cracking afternoon tomorrow yes you will yeah yeah i completely get that though yeah but, how uh, are you yeah. paul i'm very well thank you yeah all yeah right. all good all good most like you tough day long day well you know it's life things are busy but came home yeah and uh next door i've got a dog uh-huh. And this this dog barks incessantly. Yep. And uh, their way of dealing with that is to um, assume that they, they, they I assume they guess it will work itself out, but it doesn't. No. So what do they do? Do they put it out in the garden or something? Well, they sort of got. A, we've got a joined um, strip of uh, sort of walkway between the houses. Yeah. So they've they've, they've built some nice. Um, old fireplaces and uh and a lead and they, they sort of leave it out there oh god and they, they don't walk it oh. and, and they're, they're a lovely uh, here we go <laughs> treading on ukip territory here so i'll be very careful 
They're a Sri Lankan family. They're, they're lovely. They they bring right. us food. I fix their kids' bikes. They're lovely. The kids are grammar school. Uh, you know, they're, they're lovely. The, the, the parents don't speak much English. The kids are delightful. And play with my kids. But all of a sudden, now there, now there's a bit of an issue. You sort of get around there and you try and talk about it. And I don't know, you just feel like uh, you're... Um, What's the word? The world's worst person because you're saying, look, you, you can't just leave this dog tied up. You actually have to do something with it. You maybe have to walk it. You maybe have to well, train it. You're allowed. To, well, you know, you, I know what you mean. It's always weird when when um, neighbours of whatever nationality, but whenever neighbours uh, there is an issue that you need to discuss uh, w- with them, it's it's flipping uncomfortable, isn't it? Going around knocking on the door saying, look, can we have a chat? But if they are, um, would you say if the dog's not being exercised at all, would you say it's being mistreated? Being mistreated, no. I mean, well, they're not beating it, but if they're not exercising no, it, that's not, not good. It. No, it's odd. It's odd. It, it's a difficult one, and it's, uh, I don't know. But I guess the reason I react because tonight I got home and my 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 um my kids are at the in laws and and my wife went to pick them up tonight, so I've got the house to myself. Beautiful. So, so yeah, yes. So <laughs> I, I did open all the windows tonight, and I have been playing until ten o'clock when you came on. I've been playing all kinds of music oh. right over their driveway, and I feel really terrible now because that's not the way to deal with it. You've is it? been doing. I haven't, I haven't done that for absolutely years and years but i used to love a bit of that the old music revenge and i would turn it was next door neighbor i had years ago i mean this is like 20 years ago and um we would turn the speakers big speakers we had up against the wall the joining wall and we play music really loudly childish isn't it but doesn't it make you feel better oh it did and and and, you know the house to yourself with nobody else you know the the wife telling you you can't play that because I don't like it, and you yeah. can put on what you want to play. I don't know how restricted you are. What at home, does your work wife not like you playing? Uh, anything I love, uh, <laughs> Sebastian, Damon Albarn. Um, I'm gonna it, mate. If you're playing, <laughs> if you're playing <laughs> Bell and Sebastian to try and drown out the neighbours, that, that, no, 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 that, that was this hilarious. Fae... I closed the doors by then. Right. <laughs> it's very fame, <laughs> wonderful, but fame music being gently <laughs> wafted out. <laughs> Stars of track and field, you are. Uh, well, <laughs> no, no, that's, that's what I gave in and closed the windows. But okay. you know, um, yeah. Uh, what do you do? What do you do, Ian? Come on. What do I do? Move house, mate. That's that's what. That's, that's <laughs> what who's going to buy the house with that thing barking all day long? That's what I would do. Um, well, have, have you spoken to them about it? Um, I, no. several times. Oh, you have. I, I have. I've tried because I, I can't communicate directly with the parents because they don't speak much English. So yeah. I, I try and speak when the, the children are there, and I have a good relationship with the children. We have a good relationship with them, yeah. but it's sort of been soured now because all of a sudden there's an issue, and of course people don't receive communication as well when when right. it's been put over negatively. Perhaps I don't know. Um, Get the RSPCA involved then. Oh, but they love this dog. They love it. Well, if they loved it, they'd take it for walks. And they wouldn't leave it chained up outside. Uh, and they need to be told that because I don't yeah. think they understand that. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I guess the RSPCA. It, 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 the, 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 the RSPCA, right? They, they, they won't. I wouldn't have thought they would. They would have come and, and snatched the dog immediately. I would imagine they. You know, if you explain to them what you've explained to me, not necessarily mm. about the barking thing, but you can you can raise that as an issue. But say you look, you know, I don't <laughs> think the dog's being being exercised and stuff like that. Um, if you go to the council, then there's a chance the dog might get taken away. But the, I would have thought the RSPCA, their first thing, surely, would be to go and talk to the family and say you need to walk this dog i guess yeah you know, i hadn't considered that or um, does that feel a bit like byron burgers and grassing them up <laughs> are you gonna do is that, is that like doing a byron <laughs> well well it does you know i've got some friendly neighbors who've also mentioned their car isn't taxed because they've looked at that because they don't like the fact they're they're not english oh, so, yeah. you know it's, it's that kind of thing so i don't want people to end up on their doorstep knocking on the and saying by the way, your dog's got to go. And it's sort of, it's how do you resolve it between us, rather, you know. Could you poison the dog? Uh, it's tempting. It's really it's, tempting. It is, isn't it? We've got yeah, a dog, and I, I, I hate it. It was, it, was, it was such a mistake getting this dog. But we've had her for a year, so we've only got, what, another 15 years of her. <laughs> Flipping it. What? I, so hang on, I'll be 58 when she dies? Jesus. It was such a mistake getting it. But when she's out in the garden and she barks... Yeah. If it goes on, I'll I'll get her in because I'm too embarrassed. I don't want you know. I, I don't want to impose that you on see, my neighbours. That's the difference. That's the difference. Exactly. I mean, I actually walked out into my garden tonight, and instead of saying "shut up," I started barking. It's got to that, <laughs> mate. That's not you, right, is you, it? you need you need to speak to Tom, who works uh, in mental health. That's what you need. To do. He called <laughs> in earlier on. Um, I, I, it's a horrible situation. I wish you the very best of luck with it, Paul. Thank you. What are you doing for the rest of the year? Is, 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 I'm assuming these nights at home on your own are a rarity. What, what, oh, what plans have you got? Yeah. PlayStation or Babe Station? What's happening? <laughs> uh, listening to you, and I'm just uh, much like you are, I think, what you're doing the show, flicking through Twitter and yeah. communicating with people and just enjoying, enjoying uh, the time to do that, because uh, you don't get time to do stuff like that. Don't. The day and stuff oh, anymore, do you? So. Oh, it's nice to talk to you, mate. I'm glad you called in. I hope it gets sorted. Do let us know how that goes. Uh, Andrew, stay there. You'll be next. 0844-499-1000. This is Talk Radio. Just took a swig from my water bottle. I think I might have picked up the wrong water bottle, because it's an aftertaste, um... Well, what's the word? Rank! Oh, i tell you what I did in the week. There was a smoothie, bottle of smoothie in the, uh, in the refrigerator. And, uh, I was, it was hot the other day, wasn't it? And it, uh, there was cold smoothie in the fridge. And I grabbed that bottle and I swigged down mouthfuls of it. And I had the same sensation I had 14 years ago when I worked on Rise and I swigged a bottle of a smoothie that was a week out of date. My mouth was fizzing, and I instantly felt nauseous. Fun times, guys. Fun times. Yeah, it was... Why would you leave it, this... I mean, this bottle, this smoothie in the fridge at home, it was ten days out of date. I'm gagging, thinking about it. It was ten days out of date. Now, that last caller has reminded me, I have a question to ask you, a genuine question. Um, but I'll do it in a minute, because uh, we've got some phone calls. Y- yes, Andrew? Um, I, I don't, you made me feel a bit sick now, to be honest. I d- yeah, I'm sorry, I just, Ooh. I want you all to share in my, my miserable life. 
And it was horrible. It was horrible. The worst things you can eat that are uh, out of date are, are smoothies. And I remember coleslaw. I remember. Oh, I can I'm, I can experience it. I'm back in that kitchen in Kensal Green. Um, some coleslaw that was about two weeks out of date, and it fizzed. It was the weirdest thing. And so now, and this was um, 19 years ago, 20 years ago. God, I was 23. And um, ever since then, if, and I love coleslaw, I love coleslaw, the creamy coleslaw from Marks and Spencer's, beautiful. Ever since then, if the coleslaw is two days before the best before date, I can't eat it. I've got to throw it away. Subconscious. I can't do it. Cannot do it. And it get two days before it goes out of date, it gets chucked away because I cannot take that risk ever again. I cannot do it. I don't blame you at all. I'm, I, I once had, um, I think it was normally like corned beef ash or something. Yeah. And I, I probably had like a stomach upset before then, but because I was sick with it. Here we go. This is our phone in. Go on. Um, now I just can't, I just can't eat it because it's that thought of it coming back up and that horrible taste and... Got an, this is what we're going to do. Foods you can't eat because, because you were sick on them, right? Yeah. Years and years ago, I was 15 years old and my sister was going out with a bloke called Wes. Really nice bloke. Very quiet, very shy. Really good guitarist. And one Christmas, like Christmas Eve, uh, or maybe a couple of days before that, me, my mum and my sister went round to wes's house right for just you know a little, little bite to eat and a drink and was his mum called diane i think they're a really nice family right and um i was 15 or 16 and i had a couple of lagers right it was a couple of lagers and i think it was tenants and classy and um i ate uh like it was like a rice and pea salad so it's right it white rice and peas right Ooh. Well, I had, like, loads more. I, I had probably about four or five tenants super at the age of 15. And I wow. was, um, oh, I nearly swore then. I nearly said I was winkered. Yeah. Um, but I was winkered. And um, uh, that night, I threw up. And, of course, what I threw up was just the rice and pea. Ooh. There was no ting. It was just rice and pea. And ever since then... If I see, if I'm at a buffet or something, and there is a bowl of rice, just white rice with peas in it, even now, God, oh! Saliva in up back yeah, in your throat. Yeah, mouth, yeah. Even now, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling Ooh. that slight gag reflex because of the, because of that, and I can't, oh. Not good. Oh, wait, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. What food can't you eat because you once chucked it up? <laughs> anyway, Andrew, what have you got for us? Uh, I went to see, um, the Ghostbusters today with the ladies in. The ladies Ghostbusters. Was it any good? I liked it. Yeah. I know, a bit you misogynist. You <laughs> massive rape. Oh no, you liked it. Sorry, yeah, carry yeah. on. Uh, much to disappointment of someone in Swansea, but yeah, I, I thought it were good. I, I like Christine Wig anyway. I've got a bit of a crush on her. But I don't know any of the. I'm kind of out of touch with with kind of you know films that aren't Pixar at the moment. Um, she, she were in Anchorman too, I think. You okay. know the 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 one who Steve Carell ends up going out with. It was it was simple like him. He, can, can I just say this right? I think Anchorman is rubbish. Whoa. Yeah, I know controversial, and I like Will Ferrell. I think Will Ferrell is. Um, is is brilliant i liked his i loved his um 
ice skating movie. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, oh, I thought that was absolutely hilarious. The bit where they're at the sex addicts meeting and they're all touching each other up. Oh, I thought it was brilliant. But Anchorman, I I didn't laugh once at either of them. Did you like that one where... where I've not seen Talladega Nights. Where it's race driver, that's good. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the, um... What's the basketball one he did as well? Oh. These are all on Netflix and Amazon yeah, and stuff. He did a really good yeah. basketball one, and yeah. it just made... Uh, he, he just... He's just dumb, and it makes me laugh uh, a lot. But, but Anchorman, nah, rubbish. Wow, that is controversial. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. I, I don't know what to say. Sorry, mate. I've 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 let you down there. You you let the team down. But so so Ghostbusters. I I I I've I've really not read that much about it. I know a lot of people hated it. Uh, hated the idea of it because it was women. Mm. A lot of people said the trailer was awful. Well, you know that that's just a bad trailer. It doesn't mean it's going to be yeah. a bad film. I've seen yeah. good trailers that are bad films. Oh yeah. But sometimes you get trailers where. You, you might as well just watch the trailer, because that's the best bit of the yeah, film. Yeah, that's what they do, and they put the best bits from the film into the trailer, almost as if they're trying to trick you into going to see something that's not very good. Um, uh, but I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm probably not going to pay to go and see it, but if it was on telly, I'd, I'd, I'd give it a go. Yeah, and I'd give it a watch. It, I mean, it's, it takes a bit to get going. Um, Bill Murray's got a, a, a nice, funny cameo in it. Um, Dan Aykroyd's got a cameo in it. Um, the other fella's dead. Yeah. Um, oh, I forget the other guy's name. Ramis. Harold Ramis. Yeah. Uh, no, the the black guy. Oh, I forgot his name. And I read a really interesting article, interview with him, where he was so... He thought that Ghostbusters was going to be his breakthrough movie, right? Mm. Because in the original script, he his part was as big as the other guys, you know, Ramis and Aykroyd and Murray. And then when they started filming loads of his, his stuff had been cut out and then when the film was edited even more of his stuff was wow. cut out so he was hardly in it and he was kind of he, he wasn't you know he wasn't moaning about it he was just saying that you know it, it, it smelled a little bit of 80s hollywood racism and yeah. he was gutted because he thought that that would be the film that made him of course it wasn't i'm guessing rick moranis isn't in it mm, no do you no. know who rick moranis is is that the little man yeah yeah, he's not in it, but the secretary is. She's a secretary in a hotel. Okay. She, she's uh, she answers phone like she, um, like. She, she oh, well, I, I will check it. Like. I will check it out. I love Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis is one of the the, the world's greatest comedy actors. Is that him wearing on the ice the kids? Yeah, yeah. And he retired. He retired about fifteen years ago. I think. I don't know if his wife got ill or if she died. And he either retired to look after her, or just when she died. Uh, someone, someone will know this better than me. I, I'll tell the story how I think it works, and then someone can correct me. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. I think his wife died about fifteen years ago, and he was so heartbroken, and he had t- two or three kids, and he was he was a single parent that he decided to resign, uh, retire from oh, comic wow. acting, and I don't think he's done anything since. That's yeah, it is really sad. And I think he's brilliant. I think Rick Moranis is absolutely flipping brilliant. Yeah, he was brilliant in Ghostbusters. That, especially the first one where he uh, gets possessed. I've... It, oh, okay, here, let's do it. Okay, here we go. I've not seen all of Ghostbusters 1. Have you not seen it where he gets possessed? No. I've seen yeah. bits of it, and I've yeah. seen... I think I've seen all of Ghostbusters 2. Him and Shigani Weaver end up doing it on... Um, 
<laughs> on, a, on a ledge. Sigourney but, Weaver, there's a woman, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. That's a, that's a real woman. Have you seen her just recently? And she's pushing 67, and you would not think it. Well, she's an attractive woman. Definitely. Oh, Keenan and Kel. Yeah. Was that, was that the one where the one of them used to go, who loves orange soda? I love orange soda. Yeah, why not? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. What has happened to them guys? Those guys, those guys conspiracy. were... Conspiracy. Well, it's, it's a conspiracy. I think I think it's either racist Hollywood or Keenan and Kel same have guys that been murdered. guy appear in Ghostbusters. Yeah, exactly. Andrew, you've got it. You've got it. Keenan and Kel. 0844 499 1000. Um, so, well, someone sent an email via talksport.co.uk, a website I don't mention enough, and I should do because it feeds my kids, saying, I would like to talk on air. And then they've got their phone number. Well, don't call it. I'll call, I'll call, um, Paul after, um, after midnight and we'll see what Paul has to say. That's something you, I, I mean, you can get in touch that way. Maybe he's got no credit. That might be it. The, the, the more, but you, you can. We're not really doing email, so I've cheated a little bit there by doing by, by looking at that. But it popped up on my screen. Um, if you do want to take part in the show, and Rocky and Jonathan, you'll be. Um, I'm still gagging because of that rice and pea. It's making me feel most peculiar. Oh dear, and my tongue has um, gone gone a little bit furry. Do you know what I mean? It's just gone a little bit furry. Um, if you do want to take part in the show, you can give us a call. 0844 499 uh, 1000. Serious question that I was going to ask you, and this is a genuine question. So I've got a dog for the first time, and um, my family are going away to Greece, and I will be going away to Edinburgh for two nights, right? Two nights. And the uh, uh, housemaid that's house-sitting for me is afraid of dogs. Got that one. What, what do I, I can't take the dog with me to Edinburgh because I'm going on a plane and I wouldn't want to anyway. She would ruin it. What are you supposed to do with the dog? I don't want to put her in a kennels because that feels cruel. Because, am I right? Kennels is just cages. Like, cages that stink of wee. Dog wee. So what, can you, like, pay for your dog to go and stay with, like, a woman? In just her house. Is that is that doable? This is a genuine question, dear listener. 0844 499 I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Last hour of the show coming up, guys. 0844 499 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Rocky, Jonathan, uh, Paul, you'll be up next. But you can also take part, dear listener, if you uh, if you so wish. 0844 499 I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. This is the news. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Little fella, you're so tired You can hardly lift your head But you want to hear a story Before you go to bed So if you'll be quiet And listen patiently I'll sing you a song that my mother sang to me 
Little cowboy, put your saddle in the barn, tie your horse up tight, so we'll know no harm. Put your hat and your gun beside you on the chair. Don't forget you got to say a little prayer. Little cowboy, you better hit the Sandman Trail or you'll be late for round the time, you know. If you want to be a cowboy, you better rest a while. Little cowboy, baby of the old corral. Little cowboy, baby of the old corral. Thank you very much indeed. Ian Lee Talk Radio, 0844 499 1000. Paul's on the line. Evening, Paul. Oh, hi, Ian. Hello. Hello, Thank Paul. You. Hi. Right. Okay. This is my first ever um, phone into a radio show. Um, I've listened to talk radio since the days of Caesar the Geezer. Okay. Um, yes, I remember her. So, so you're, you're quite privileged. <laughs> well, thank you very much, indeed. Um, We've had lots of first-time callers tonight, which is um, which is always always nice. What's tempted you to get in touch with us, Paul? I what's tempted me is you oh. and your experiences on air, um, your candid experiences that, that you've had um, regarding your your situation with your depression. Yeah, um, and I, I I find it quite. Um, not inspiring. Um, I, I find it, you know, very, very. Um, I, I can relate to it um, in many ways. What's going on um, for you, Paul? What's going on? Um, I've, I, I went through a, of uh, a, a, a period of my life where. Uh, depression suddenly took hold of me for no apparent reason. Um, it just suddenly just came on. Um, I couldn't work out what it was. I suddenly became very sad and uh, had, had um, major issues with with my life. And you know, I'm I'm in my forties, and I thought that may be it. I thought maybe my past. And abuse of uh, substances, maybe it. I could, I couldn't figure it out. So I was just trying to um, listening to you. Um, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of brought to you know my my um, it's brought my experiences to the forefront, really. Um, and I kind of like, um, yeah, just want to give you some respect for being so candid well well thank you part of me thinks i talk about part part of me thinks i talk about it too much and i give away too much of myself but that that's that that's by the Mm. by how you uh, how are you doing today are you in the midst of it or uh, are Mm. you are you out the other side for the moment i'm i've been out of the other side for two years oh beautiful and but i'm kind of going back into it not so beautiful like you know you know you know those signs those kind of feelings that you get yeah um i'm kind of like experiencing those again and i'm dreading the thought of those coming <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah coming back again because it, you know everything everything in my life at that time 
um, just the the, 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 the colour went out of everything. But, you know, life became uh, meaningless. Um, it, was, it just seemed pointless. In um, I, I questioned my existence. I questioned everything. But on the plus side of that, if there is a plus side, I I I I, I kind of like had huge huge uh, empathy towards um, people, um, and you know just uh, and and regret. I had mass regret about you know what I'd done in the past. But I'm kind of like in in mm, I'm kind of at the beginning of I think something that I don't want to kind of go through again and it's kind of like yeah not a nice place to be um no it's not it's two two things I want to pick up on what you said uh, the color the color drains from everything man alive that's mm. an excellent description of it both yeah. metaphorically and literally sometimes everything looks grayer I think sometimes yeah. um and the uh, uh Second thing, I've completely forgotten what it was I was going to pick up on. Um, is have you got anything that you know that helps a bit? Because if you know that you're sinking into it, or if you feel like you might be mm. sinking into it, because sometimes I have little dips and then I pop back up. Mm. Um, is there anything you can put into place that might make the descent a little less bumpy, if you know what I mean? I, I tell you what I try to do. Well, but, I mean, apart from seeing a GP and being offered, um, you know, uh, antidepressants and whatever, I've had a bad experience both in the past. So I didn't want to go down that road. Yeah. So I thought there's going to be a, a major dip before there's a, you know, anything comes out the other side. Yeah. Um, and I and I thought that's going to be the end of everything. So um, I I tried going to church. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I walked into the church, and I approached um, a priest, and I said, "Look, I'm going through this dreadful experience, and I need to talk to someone." And it was just—he he kind of dismissed me and said, "Like, oh, come back, come back for, for confession." And oh, confession! <laughs> and, 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 I, know, I know, I know. But the feeling I got when I walked into church was a feeling of just foreboding it, it, it wasn't a good feeling no but then but then i found that there, um, like damien in the omen were you like damien in the omen just screaming <laughs> and fighting you couldn't go in i i do well yeah not quite not but quite. yeah okay. all, all my, all my, <laughs> yeah uh, but i i did i didn't see the priest in the in a very good light uh, but i i um uh, yeah it just it just um i i searched so many avenues i I start jogging. I start trying to keep, yeah, you know, change my diet. Uh, I tried so many different things to to sort of ride the the, the agony, it's sheer agony, because I couldn't work out in my mind what the issue was. Yeah, I, and and that was the the major part of the depression. It was just that the, everything became meaningless. It, and, it, and it just seems, for, for no reason, it just happens all of a sudden. Yeah. And I've got that feeling again. I've got that thing almost like it's going to come 
again. And I was talking I to a mate today, a, a mate I've not spoken yeah. to for ages. Uh, no names, yeah. no pack drill. But he, um, he, he said a similar thing. He said um, that uh, he, he, he was he was feeling fearful and anxious and sad and lonely, and yet I everything cried every single day. Ian. If, if, I went mm. I went to the Samaritans. I I cried more than I thought I could possibly cry. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was. I mean, even speaking to a friend. I don't have many friends. I have one close friend. I every time I spoke with her on any subject whatsoever, I was so tearful, and it was just ball balling. I mean, balling. Was it? Tears. Were you doing the howl? Did you have the howling? <sighs> Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. Just, it's it's animal, yeah. isn't it? It's an animal noise. And the first time I had that howling was when my dad died. When my dad died, I cried uh, like. I, I sounded like a dog in pain. It was incredible this noise, and I get that. Yeah, I get that sometimes when I'm when I'm when I'm properly depressed and I'm contemplating. You know, take, and I'm, I'm going to say, it, guys, when I'm contemplating taking some rope into the woods, that's yeah. the um, that's the noise that comes out. But I generally feel a little bit better when I've done that. Generally, a little bit. I, I, it's a release. I felt, I felt better when I when I so I. I I phoned the Samaritans, right, and it seemed really good. I went to the Samaritans and spoke to someone, and, and, and I was there fucking like, too long. Yeah. Uh, an hour and a half, whatever, many, many times. And I'd walk out, and I'd feel better ever so slightly for a brief period of yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But the, 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 the feeling that... Um, uh, it, 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 it just came... It just came out, and I thought it would never end. I was like, my God, this is never going to end. This is, the f- is, is this my life? Is this, is this really who I am? How is, old are you, Paul? What are you, about 42? You're almost right. I'm 44. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I'm 43. It, uh, uh, speaking to doctors and therapists, mm. it's really common for men of our age. And, uh, really I, I common, and it's really common yeah. for men of our age to kill themselves as well. So let's keep that in mind. This is a killer disease, oh. but um, it's really common. And it, 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 the, the, um, I'm not saying that you're having a midlife crisis at all, but mm. um, it, it, I, I think the midlife crisis. And we talked about this with Miranda Sawyer. It, it's become a bit of a joke, right? That phrase, midlife crisis. Oh. Get a motorbike and go and have a 16 year old girlfriend, but. That yeah. moment when and you reach... Get, and get over it. Yeah. yeah. But that moment when we... we I'm going to speak about me, because I don't know what's going on for you, but that moment that I reached kind of, you know, the halfway point of my life, 39, 40, <sighs> the depression became something completely different from what it had been, and it was a real um uh look at my own mortality a lot of shame and uh um oh, regret shame. shame and regret Absol- over stuff that oh, i'd done mistakes absolutely. i'd made people i'd hurt oh. um but, but, uh, uh, and looking to the future and i'm not saying that that's what you've what's happening for you i'm not saying that no, that's all not, of it I but just, it could well be a part of it that the midlife that, crisis that, is a real thing yeah i mean shame and regret yeah well were just at the forefront of my depression. I just couldn't get over the fact that I had done what I had done in the past, yeah. and no one had forgiven me, and I'd lost people in my life because of my past, and it just became so overwhelming. But 
I mean, the, the biggest thing was I, I couldn't see the light at the end of a tunnel. People, people said, I'll just ride it through. Oh, you, 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 you'll get better. But I can imagine how people do take their own lives. Because they, there isn't, there, there doesn't seem to be um, any hope. And I looked hope so much. Talking to people, uh, uh, trying to be, I distracted myself, watching films. But it was just there, and it, I just could not um, see the way forward. It just, and I didn't want, I didn't want to go down the avenue of taking any medication because I knew, given past experience, that was going to make me go. Perfect Let me get, can, can I kick that idea around for a second, right? Mm. And I respect respect your decision, of course. You know, um, mm. I, I, I'm on medication, and I, I, I tried loads of different medication before my doctor. Mm. And I'm really lucky; I've got an excellent. Uh, all right, I'll be honest. I'm really lucky. I paid to go and see a private psychiatrist, so you know, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm aware I'm in a privileged position there. Um, but we kicked around loads of drugs. And by the way, here's the funny thing, guys. The side effect, uh, potential side effect of antidepressants, suicidal tendencies. It actually says that. It's nuts, isn't it? I know. And and people, uh, there's a huge number of of young people in particular that kill themselves because of the antidepressants, make them feel worse. Um, Yeah, I know. We have, uh, have, I'm really lucky. Me and my, my, my doctor, Neil, we have kicked around loads of various combinations of drugs and we found one that is working at the moment. A nice combination. So Talipram in the morning, not massive dose, and a bit of metazapine at night. Uh, And that seems to be holding me a little bit steadier than any of the other combinations I've had. So I'm just saying that as... I had a a bad experience with with, with, with Cytolibram. Um, and yeah. I, I, that put me off going down any other for like, yeah. You know, but there are loads, and I'm not telling you what to do, and I'm certainly not giving you medical advice. I'm just saying that no, it might be worth talking to a doctor not. again because there are loads of different drugs that work in loads of different ways. And I, I, I had it all explained to me how the different drugs work, and I can't remember, but some suppress stuff and some generate stuff, and you know, they, they, they all work in different ways. So it, it might be worth having a chat with a doctor again. I mean, I mean, the, 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 the main the main reason for my for my phone call is: Do you find that being candid about your experience uh, with depression is a therapy, or is it just something that you feel you have to get out um, oh, the world? I, um, you know what I'm saying. I do. I don't. There are pluses and minuses to it, right? The pluses are, yeah, it relieves a little bit of the pressure, right? And uh, th- it means that my bosses are aware of it. And I took um, I took a night off about a month ago because I was... I've oh, gone and he swore again. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I'm aware of that. I was yeah. screwed. I was, I was battered. Yeah. I was battered. And I was able to phone up my boss and say, boss, I am battered. I need this Friday off. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm going to do. And yeah. I got it. So in that respect, it's great. In other respects... um, it means that I get lots of emails from people telling me they're not so much now, but telling me they're suicidal. And I don't know how to respond to that. And I've just had a really nice bloke get in touch on Facebook. And I'm not in any way, this is not in any way a dig at him or anybody who's got in touch, um, telling me that he's battered and he's in a really bad state. And, um, 
I've kind of offered him some suggestions of, 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 of stuff like that. But, but then, you know what it's like. When we're like this, we magnify, I magnify all of the guilt yeah. and the shame and the responsibility. And so I start feeling responsible for other people. I'm thinking, oh God, ma- I didn't reply to him. Maybe, you know, uh, this is all my fault. All of this kind of stuff. Does it, does it help me talking about it in public? Um, I don't know, but I hope one day my boys yeah. will look at me does and it, say thank does you. It help or, does it help or him do? Would, would, in five years, and oh my god, I was so candid about my experience. I'm way over that, that's in the past. Yeah, or are you accepting the fact that you have this issue and it's ongoing for the rest of your life? That's I'm accepting the fact that this is ongoing for the rest of my life. I don't expect to be on my medication oh, yeah. for the rest of my life. I might be, okay. but I don't, I don't, that's not what I'm working towards. I am working towards um, a life when I can be off the meds. Um, and I've got an, enough tricks up my sleeves, like a little bit of mindfulness meditation and going to see a therapist and, you know, other bits and walking the dog and stuff like that, that I know helps me and I can come off the pills one day. That's, that's the plan. Mm. Um, I, I'm on my own. Okay. I have, I, I pretty much live a very insular life. And there's no one around me who I can turn to. Um, apart from one person, but that's, that's very difficult. Um, do you find the support of your family and friends helpful in in that sort of sense? I don't have many friends. Like you said, I don't have many friends. I've got three really good friends. One of them's away... Uh, two of them are away um and one of them is going through a bit of an issue with a member of his family at the moment anyway quite serious health issue so i don't want to you know kind of find him up and tell him how i'm feeling when i know that um he's got a a family member who's you know potentially dying you know so um see my my mum is um sort of my closest closest friend um but my she's looking after my dad he's yeah. got alzheimer's oh, man. um and he's at the stage where he's kind of like yeah, pretty, pretty advanced so i don't want to kind of put it on her to you know have another kind of like thing to think about yeah yeah um and i've also got that in my mind as well, the fact that my dad, who, you know, is kind of like, it's, it's a guilt thing, you know, I, I, I feel, I feel so desperately, you know, you know, um, um, I feel so, I feel so desperate for my, for my father and my mother, yeah, yeah. and I, and I have no one there to, kind of like, yeah, I, I, I feel, the thing is, <laughs> if, I did, if I did have someone there to turn to, um, you know, you know, like a partner, I, I feel like I'd burden them too much, and they were unable to run away. Yeah, yeah, you know, but um, um, it's, it's such a desperate situation. I mean, I've got, to, I've, I'll, I'll be candid with you because you've been candid Go on, on the then. radio with others. Um, about three years ago, I found myself in A and E. I had. Um, got to a point in my life where 
Um, and that was when my my dad was, you know, okay. He could understand the situation. So took my mother, and they did everything they could to help me. Um, and as far as they know, I have moved on from that, and I haven't. Yeah, and I've kind of like put up line. So now it's become a, like a dirty little secret that you've got. It's coming. It's, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a little secret that I I don't, and I don't want to leave my mum. I don't want to leave my dad. But you know, I just can't help the feeling that I want to leave myself. It's and that's causing me so much agony. And I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I um. And I'm not when I, when I answer you and, and kind of tell my stuff. It's not because I'm playing top trumps with you or anything like that. It's I, I know you're not. No, I know, but some people might think. I, I, I know you're so, so genuine. Yeah, I. When I, I sometimes think the world would be a much better place if I was not in it, it would certainly be easier for me. And the thing that that, that stops that idea going too far is sure. I know that the 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 legacy. I would leave my kids in terms of having a dad what had done that. Mm-hmm. Well, then, then you're just passing it on to the next generation. But also, mm-hmm. you're not a parent, are you? No, I'm no, not. right. But what I'm saying is that, that but my, if my boys, I would want my boys to come to me whatever the problem, whatever the problem. As a dad, I would want them to come and tell me, you know, if they'd murdered someone... I'd want them to come and tell me about it so that we could find the best way around it. And I'm just saying that um, I wouldn't, as a dad, I would not consider that a burden. And I know your mum is going through stuff, but I imagine and I make up that she, that um, you telling her that stuff, yeah, it'd be upsetting, but um, she, if she could help, she'd want to help. I make up. I don't know your mum at all, obviously, but... Um, I'm just saying that as a parent. We want the, the best for our kids, and they can come up to me at any age and tell me they've done or they're going through anything, and, um, you know, I will do my best to, to help them through it. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I absolutely understand that completely, and I, I just don't want to... My mum is fragile at this of times. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah. I've, I've got her genes. Um, and I've also got my dad's genes, which is the yes, sensibility and, you know, whatever. Um, I just don't want to rock, rock the boat. I, and I, it's a very selfish thing, depression, because it, it, you kind of feel like you want to just not put it's on people, yeah. You want to be, be out of their lives because you feel like you're causing them the, the problems. Do you there. feel responsible for everyone else? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. it's not, I get that, it's nuts, isn't it? You feel responsible for everyone! I, I, I feel absolutely responsible for my, for my actions, for, for, for everything that I, 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 I do, I've done. Um, I, it, that's the, the crazy thing about, about this, I just have such a conscience about everything in my life. And it seems like if I eliminate that, me, that, that, would, that, that will somehow help the, yeah. the other people. But you know, you I, know that it won't. You know, intellectually, know you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's a catch-22. 
you know, I, I can't, I can't, I can't work, I can't work it out. And I, you know, it, it could end up with me being in the position where I, oh, you know, I haven't cried for help um, in the past. It was a real, it was a real attempt. Um, and I, and I, and I don't want to kind of, I have to, two points. I don't want to feel like I, I'm going to feel that the colour is drawn from life and everything is meaningless because that's just what I don't want to yeah. you know, experience. But I also want to sort of take away the burden that I've put on others uh, you know, who have listened to me. Um, and have tried to help me, um, but I also know the fact that they, if I do what I think I might do, that they will hurt. But will they hurt as much as they are hurting now? And as much as I am hurting, I, I can't work that at all. And I'm not looking. I'm not looking at you as a cheap therapist. <laughs> no, I'm not I cheap, mean, mate. I'm going to send you an invoice for, the, an invoice for this. <laughs> this is seventy-five quid. <laughs> Listen, I've got. Uh, listen, I've got to move on, right? Because I've missed an ad no, break, no, and I've got to go to another another ad break. I've got loads of people waiting. Um, you, uh, you're not going to kill yourself tonight, are you? No. Beautiful. Right. That's all you got to do. All you got to do tonight is get your head on the pillow and get through tonight, and um, uh, uh, yeah. you know, see what happens tomorrow. Um, I know you've got it, but let me give this out for anybody who wants it. The Samaritans one one six one two three. It's brilliant, right? You can phone up. You don't have to give your name. The, Samar- no, the Samaritans, are, the, it's an interesting organisation. They can't give you advice. And unless you're masturbating profusely, and that's this is true, they can't hang up on you, right? Or, or you're being completely foul and abusive. They can't hang up on you. So you can you can have an hour of silence on the phone if you want, right? And you can give them a fake name. They never call you back. It's beautiful. It's anonymous, right? And it can be... It's not therapy, but it can be really good just just to lift that pressure. If you could, here's the thing: if you're thinking of killing yourself, why don't you give them a? I'm not talking to you, Paul. I'm talking to a listener. Why don't you dial one one six one two three first of all and just see how that goes? Just see how that goes first. And if it, if, if if you want to do it after that, well, then that's a different thing altogether. But it it I, 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 it just for me releases a little pressure valve ever so slightly. Yeah. I, I, I well okay. I thank you for that. And I just wanted to call to let you know that it's I appreciate your candidness on on the radio right. with your experience. Paul, you are precious, yeah. priceless yeah. and valuable. Don't kill you yourself. Are, and you are you're a good guy. Thank you, mate. So all I, right. I wish you all the best. Thank you, Paul. Mate. Thank you very much indeed. <sighs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean, jelly bean? Uh, that was, uh, not with a call. I always find, and this, again, this is not in any way knocking Paul. I always find those calls very, very tiring because it's, um, that, that's hard work is having those conversations, but I'm glad that Paul called in. I really am. Uh, yeah, 116123 is the Samaritans. And, um, you know, if, if you think of killing yourself, uh, you might as well make a quick phone call. First of all, just to check that you, you know, you're doing the right thing. Really? Rocky and Jonathan, not the racist one. Stay there. 
There may have been an F-bomb in there. I missed it, but if there was, and, you know, apologies and, you know, all of that stuff, man. It's never, um, I don't like, really like swearing on the radio, but when you're having a conversation like that, sometimes I slip through and I, and I, I, if I missed it, I apologise to anyone. You weren't offended though, guys, were you? Were you? You were? Well, up yours. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. We call you back. Jonathan! Do you know the, um, song Jonathan Jonathan by the Rocking Birds? Nope. Oh, that reminds me. I've got to email the Rocking Birds to get them, um, to come in and sing, um, some songs. Remind me, can you remind me tomorrow to do that, please? Yep, I'll just say my name repeatedly until... Here we go, here we go, listen, here we go, listen. Listen to this. This is a great song. It's about Jonathan Richmond. Here we go, hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, no, no, internet! Oh, let's try again. Let's try again. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Let's try again. This is it. This is the one. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, internet! Pourquoi yati? Here's the thing. In Greek, the word yati means why. Do you know what the word for because is in Greek? Cons. What? What did you say? Have I got to apologise for another swear? No, it's yati. So yati oh, means why, it. and yati means because. So you say yati, and you go, oh, yeah, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. One, one, one two, two, three, four, five, six. Jonathan! bloody internet but you get the idea i like that that was really good it's good it's the rocking birds and their song jonathan jonathan uh, do you like do i still need to remind you about it tomorrow hang on a minute would say you cannot play they say you couldn't sing and you tried to make some kind of fool out of you but all along you were the king so you picked up the dust and let the old to the sunshine state of california where you played around and played the surf guitar all day jonathan john jonathan Jonathan, John, Jonathan, Jonathan, la 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 your hand at the Hammersmith Odeon, that's something that I won't forget. When the soldiers know I was glad to see that you'd still be as good as you'd always be. Now you play country music a bit like me, John Jonathan, Jonathan. 
Jonathan, Jonathan, John, Jonathan, Jonathan, John, Jonathan. That's right. Okay. Bye, guys. Tell you what, Ian, I really hope the agent's listening and you get signed up because that's, that's some good singing. I need a, I need a record deal. Seriously, <laughs> oh, I, I, I mean, I'm, d- I'm doing the radio and stuff, and it's fine. I really need a record deal because uh, the world needs to hear this. But how could you not know that song, right? I know there are only two songs that mention Ian in. One of them is "Let 'Em In" by Paul McCartney, Uncle Ian, and the other one I've forgotten. But if I, I, if I had a name like yours, right? I w- it's like we had some woman on called Caroline. Right, I think it was on here. And she'd never Sweet heard Caroline. the song Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. I mean, that is a really catchy song. The songs about Jonathan's aren't normally that catchy. I mean, this seems to be an exception. It's quite a weird and complicated name for some reason. What, uh, what, okay, what other songs have got Jonathan in, then? I don't know. I just made that up. Oh, come on! I've had enough of this, right? You lot, you kids, you got the flipping internet, right? You can spend, you can spend all day on your legal highs. Oh, they're not legal now. Sat at home or in the office, right? Just googling songs with. I'm going to Google it, right? Okay. Right. Songs. Oh, I spelled songs wrong. Hang on. Songs with <laughs> Jonathan. In I'm just going to Google it, right? Which is what you should have done. I'm doing your poxy job for you um here we go here's a song called jonathan holmes is a lovely boy hang on a minute let's have listen to to this hang on here we go here we go come on internet computer ready oh it's an advert for a video game hang on a second Let's have a little look. So this go. is why I've not... This, 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 someone's posted here. Does anyone know any songs with the name Jonathan in the title? Yeah. How about Jonathan, Jonathan? Right. Um, Empty Garden. Hey, Elton John has got a song called Hey, Hey, Johnny. Does that count? No, you're right. The reason this person's asked this question on Yahoo Answers, does anybody use that anymore? Is, um, uh, does anyone know any songs with the name Jonathan in the title or the lyrics? Hurry, please. I just want to send a little song to my boyfriend to show how much he means to me. <laughs> Flippin' heck. Oh, uh, that is insane. Springsteen has done one called, um, Jonathan's Song. How do you not know this? You should be telling this to me, you muppet! But, uh, we don't even know if it's any good. It might be terrible. Doesn't matter if it's terrible. Kristen, the people, at the, Christine and the Queens have a track called Jonathan. You should, be, you should know this, Jonathan. You're a young man with the internet. It's just not something I've ever. Like I don't Google my name. I don't look at any of that. It's yeah, just a name. What is your problem? I, I don't know, I'm off the rails. Next time I see you, you're going to get literally a slap across the face with a leather <laughs> glove. Remind me to get a leather glove. And a boot up your ass. Well, that's the standard, isn't it? That's the standard, yeah. What you got for us, Jonathan? Because you've been, because you've been banging on so much about um, songs with your naming, you egotist. We haven't got much time, so come on. 
Okay, I'll race through it. Um, first of all, could you tell us anything more about the Moranga Sura article um, that's coming up soon? Because I'm probably going to end up modding the comments. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't. I think it's this weekend. I guess. I. I don't know for sure. And I'd, I. I mean, I'll literally have like a line in it. She's. She's writing a whole article about radio, and she just wanted to pick my brains for a bit. I may not even be in it. I may not even be in it. I better be in it, otherwise I'm going to be furious. <laughs> I'm sure it'd be interesting. Okay, and one final point, Mister Lee. Please stop asking questions about Keenan and Cal. This is your final warning. Okay, I'm going to cut you off now. He's. Oh, he's gone. Didn't need to cut him off. <laughs> You see? Angus, what, bear with me. Bear with me. This is making my insides feel funny. Discordant. Bear with me, there's method to this madness. Potentially the best bit of music I've ever heard in my life. See, I found... Shut up. Josh! I found another song with Jonathan in, just during the adverts. How could you not look up songs that have got your name in it, guys? What's your problem? Yes, Rocky. What are you, Raj? Yes! No, Raj, we spoke about that the other night. Yes. Raj, you know what Raj is? Yes, we used to own India. No, no, no. No, no, no. Oh, no. No, with that, that's a fact. Dirty num-nums. Mm, oh, Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what, I'm phoning for you. Um, the boy earlier on, that had the problem with the dog, with the neighbour. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Just got me thinking about my neighbour. What about this one? This, this uh, older boy. He's moved in across the road for me just before Christmas. Yeah. He tends to keep himself to himself. You know, exchange pleasantries. All right, pal, you know, that sort of thing. All right, pal! Um, all right, pal. Right, so the other, the other, maybe you're going back about four or five weeks ago, um, I had uh, three brown bins, right? The brown bins up here are what we use for garden refuge. Okay. I was taking down, I was, I was bringing down a hedge. Yes. So my mate works in the council, so you, you, obviously you're, you might not have one brown bin. Yeah. I phoned my mate, any chance, I no hassle. So <clears throat> I had three for the week. Mm. I filled them, right? He, he, this uh, old boy across the road, he came across, how, how have you got three uh, bins? Yeah. Mm. I said, well, because I've got friends in high places, so mm. thing, you know what I mean? It's, uh, I've made a phone call, it's not a hassle. Anyway, right, so the next game week, he's come across and he says, can I borrow your brown bin? <laughs> I says, aye, I says, no problem. So he's taken it, not an issue. Um, two, three days later, I'm saying to myself, I better go and get this bin back. Where's the, where's I the brown bin gone, yeah. Aye, aye. So I've knocked on the boy's door and, oh, I'll give you back, son. I says, no, no. He says, well, I left it outside your, uh, outside your gate. I says, no, nah, not at all. Not at all. So I sort of left it. I thought, right, okay, right. There's a path that runs behind his house. He's got my brown bin under a tarpaulin sitting on his back, right? So I'm like, that's right, okay, okay, um, right. So I thought, right, I'll let this go. I love, I love this show. This, this, honestly, doing this show is the most fun. What, what an hour this has been. Go on, yeah. Right. So <laughs> maybe a, a week ago, um, 
I don't know. I don't. I don't know what it's like uh, where you stay. But up here, mm. if you've got a larger family, you're entitled to a bigger wheelie bin, right? Wow. wow. So um, awesome. it's <laughs> correct. Correct. So anyway, I've I've uh, got the smaller bin, but the family's extended. And so I could do with a bigger bin. I don't have one, but if I phone my mate in the council, he'll get one, blah, blah, blah. It's not a hassle. All right, so now you've got this, friends this, in high this, places. We know that. We know that. Correct. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this, this old boy has come across the road uh, the other week. He says, uh, he says I can see um, you've got the smaller bin. He says, it's just me and my wife over the road. He says, but we've somehow ended up with a big bin. Would you like it? And I'm thinking, this is because you've taken my brown bin, mate. Right, this is you trying to make amends, right? right, right. So I says, right, that's fine, right, that's that's very good of you, you know. So as soon as he was, uh, well, that that was, it. I said, I'll come over and get it. He says, no, 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 not at all. I'll bring it over. I'll, I'm thinking, right, it's suspicious. He obviously does not want me in the back garden, yeah. right? So what? he's brought the bin over. Yeah. Everything was fine. Once he had left, I had a, a wee look at, you know, lifted it up, thinking, you know, just checking out basically. Bin was fine. Seemed a nice gesture. The buckets go out tomorrow. Right, so I, was, I went to take my bucket out tonight, huh? and it was all of a sudden it was sort of dragging. I looked down; it's only got one wheel. The bin that he's given me is only got one wheel. Is he taking the rap? Yeah, is he? <laughs> yes. Why, why no. don't you go up to him and say, "Look, can I just have my brown bin back that I know that you've got?" But um, because I've got friends in high places, I wasn't even that bothered. You know, <laughs> I can get another bin. That's that's why I was willing to let a lie. But this was the last straw when I saw this one wheel. Yeah. He's having a laugh. So I've dragged the bucket across the road. Yes. And it's now the bucket and the contents of the bucket are now lying in his front garden. So we'll see what happens tomorrow morning. Well, Rocky, I look forward to getting an update tomorrow uh, on your brown bin. Is that a euphemism? Yes, Lee! Hello? Hello, Lee, you're on the air. Oh, nice one, mate. Keenan and Kel. Yes! <laughs> yes! yes uh, I know about them. Um, Keenan the fat one, I think Keenan was the fat one, no, the stupid one was Kel. Yes. Keenan's now on Saturday Night Live. Is he really? Yeah, he is. Oh, he's done well for himself, hasn't he? Sorry? He's, I say he's done well for himself, hasn't he? Yeah, he has, yeah, the other guy hasn't. Kel? No, he hardly ever works. Oh. It's unfortunate, because he was hilarious. Well, you would think that they would, that Keenan would give Kel a break. You'd think so, but no, 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 no favours. That is, that is show business, man. It is vicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's nice, it's nice to finally talk to you. I've been watching you on TV over the year, many years ago. Yeah, many, many, many years ago. All right, don't, well, rub now, it yeah. don't rub it in now, fella, blimey. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got through, Lee. I'm rattling through, because bizarrely, we got loads of calls at the end of the show. I know. What, where were you in the second hour? And where have all the ladies gone? Long time past. I think we've, I don't think we've had any women on the show this evening. And I, I, I do, it, it seems to be becoming, the trend and um maybe tomorrow i don't want to get too meta and disappear too much up my own fundamental but maybe tomorrow we'll have a little look at why that might be and see if there's any way we can write it there might not be and that's groovy yes paul hello mate hello mate what you got for us uh that last guy peed all over my bonfire i was gonna do the no, the casting. bins you're gonna talk about the brown bins no, 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 that wasn't the last guy. Oh, you mean the, Peenan. yeah. Keenan and Kel. No! So, but has I, he got I mean, it, I, right, Keenan is the successful one. Oh, go on, go on, fill in the gaps. Correct, yeah, I, I do have a, I do have a bit more. I think they actually had a bit of a falling out, that's why they don't really, uh, 
work together anymore. There was something to do with a, a Nickelodeon reunion thing that they did talk about doing together. Yeah. Um, you also mentioned earlier that you thought that they worked in a burger place on Keenan and Kel. They didn't. Keenan worked in a supermarket. Oh, right. Kel didn't have a job, but they did do a film together called Good Burger. That's why I think that, because, and I think that's on Netflix, and every time you scroll through the menu, that pops up as, you might like this. No, I won't. Yeah, you, you, no, you won't like it at all. Um, and, and, uh, Scott, I had so much, so many other things today. How do you know all this about Keenan and Kel? I remember it. I used to watch it. And then uh, I saw a thing online about uh, this Nickelodeon reunion thing. Yeah. So that and that and I knew that Keenan was on Saturday Night Live. I live in Canada. I watch it sometimes. So, but th- th- I bet Kel's kicking himself. Maybe. Let's let's hang on a minute. Know. Let's let's bring Vinny. Yeah. Have you called in for the Keenan and Kel phone in? Yeah. Okay. Well, no. What? Well, what does what does that mean? <laughs> It was okay. What it, What was okay? The show or me asking you if you were called in for the kid? Yeah, the, um, the answer is yes. So, okay, you've, so the answer is you have called in for the Keenan and Kel phone-in? Yes. Right. What would you like to contribute? Um, uh, all right, who is it? Um, huh? Who would I sorry Classic as ever. You, you, Vinny, you, you've not quite... You've only called me about three times on this new radio station, and, um, you seem to have forgotten how to speak. You crying? Do you like tennis? No. Yeah, I, I just called in, actually. Yeah, I know Marie, you did. What, what Mar- about? The, what happened to Mark Lamar? <laughs> he was... He doesn't want to do anything anymore. He does, doesn't he do a show, did he still do a show on Radio 2? No. Oh. I don't, I don't think so, no. I... <laughs> did he really hate Terry Christian? He did really hate Terry Christian. I think he was a little bit prickly to work with, from what I've heard. But I th- yeah. I don't think he liked being famous. Okay. And so he... But he, 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 was a, he was a really funny anyway. Well, but, well, that's he a was. different... It's a different conversation to be had. Whether w- w- was Mark Lamar funny or not, I don't know. But w- the, you asked what happened to him, and I've, I've I've told you. Would you like to see Mark Lamar and Kel get together, Vinny? Yeah. 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 Uh, 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 uh? I remember there was a uh, uh, another TV program. Was there? Similar to Keenan and Kel. What? A few years later. And what was that called? Uh, I can't remember Zach and Cody or something. Let's ask Paul because Paul Paul knows all about them. Paul bums Keenan and Kel. Paul, like, yeah, well, it, was, it was a what? Kel, but I, it, it was like a Vinny, Vinny, was, uh, Vinny. I've just said sharp, Vinny. Vinny. Yeah, shut up. No, don't. don't, don't, don't hang on a minute, Vinny. Are you going to take that? Yeah, he loves it. Yeah, it it was like a, the no. white version of Keenan and Kel. What Keenan and Kel were the what, what they whited down. No, they were white. That's, that's the Wayans. That, he's talking about the Wayans brothers when they did white chicks. Yeah, but but Vinny's a massive racist, and to him, all black people look alike. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I, did I say that? Well, you said they were Keenan and Kel, and they no weren't. Idea. They were other black actors. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I said there was, there, was a show, there was a show later on, similar to Keenan and Kel. But right. yeah, you said white. there was another Keenan and Kel... Uh, by the way, thanks, Vinny. I know that I've been asking for girls to call, so that's great. 
All right. Okay. You, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. is, okay. Is there anything else? No, that's it. Okay. Well, do you want to... Okay. You say? All right, then. Okay, then. Bye-bye. Okay. Here we go. Um, Pablo, last call of the night. What have you got for us, Pablo? Hip, hip, hip. Hip, hip, hip. We've got literally 60 seconds, yeah. I'm afraid, man. Sorry. I was going to have a longer one, but I, I might just call back yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Tomorrow for that. Hey, um, I might call back yesterday. But on the Keenan and Kel talk... Everyone's called in for Keenan. If you're listening to the podcast, what an hour this has been. We've talked suicide and Keenan and Kel. Beautiful. Yes, go on, boss. Well, well, uh, just basically, whilst I was calling through and seeing the time tick away, I thought, oh, I'll just have a little search for Kel on the old internet, which, to be fair, I think most people could have easily done. Um, That's true. But the best, film, the best film that he's done, which I've never seen, um, is the 2009 comedy called See Dick Run. Um, which is, is, all Ke- about- is that Keenan or Kel? Oh, that's Kel. All right. The, oh, okay. The, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's basically a ladies' man, Kel Mitchell, uh, races against time to find a woman who stole his manhood through a powerful curse. And on that bombshell, Pablo, we have to uh, end it there. Thank you, Emma. Thank you, Id. Back tonight at 10. Two mics up next. Tata. Talk radio. Talk and entertainment across the nation. Talk radio. Give it some lift.